are listening to Fanholes, a podcast for fans by the fans. Secret Brothers. I have clinical. You guys are like wasting my time right now. Hey, baby. What's going on? This is my microphone voice. <laughs> Where do you buy those at? I need one. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I didn't invent honorable mentions, mister. <laughs> I have a headset. It looks way cool. You should all be jealous. I, uh, we are. I'm with Mike on that one. I'm a woman! <laughs> it is our show. It's called Fan Holes, not, you know, what you guys want. <laughs> <laughs> We do a podcast? What the fuck? Wilson, it is I, your worst nightmare, T-Ray. Dire consequence and bloody retribution descend. You will not evade the smothering folds of eternal night this time, but instead plunge headlong into oblivion as you beg me for Wilson, are you even listening to me? Huh? Oh, sorry, Half-Baked Spear. I was too busy listening to Fan Holes, the pop culture podcast made for the fans by the fans, to hear your undoubtedly witty and not at all pretentious remark. But I'm all good now. You feeling lonely, Carrot Top? You need some lovin'? Who's the big bad walking breath ride strip commercial? Who is that? Ugh. I'm your arch-enemy, the man whose identity you cruelly stole. You could show me some respect. Stole your identity? Ah, they retconned that a while ago, brah. Huh? Yeah, like, two or three times over already. But, but that was my whole thing. I know, right? Look, buddy, Ajax has got the lot for my first movie villain, but maybe we can get you in the sequel. I mean, it's down to Slayback or you, although I know a certain Californian panel who's pulling for Madcap. Go, Madcap, baby, go. Hey guys, welcome back to another Totes a Maymay episode of Fanholes Podcast. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC, and joining me tonight are two, count them, two of my fellow Fanholes. Why don't you give a shout out, guys, and let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, it's uh, Mike. Please don't say Totes a Maymay again, Derek. It was in Spider-Man <laughs> Deadpool. I was trying to be topical. I don't care. Don't do it. Hey, guys, this is Tony, and I am so meta, I'm wearing a Deadpool t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you haven't figured it out, this is the all-Deadpool show tonight on Fan Holes. We are talking Deadpool because... If you are not living inside a little box, you know that 20th Century Fox is going to be releasing Deadpool February 12, 2016. So, of course, to shamelessly tie in to the release of the feature film, we are all here tonight to discuss some Deadpool. You may be wondering why I brought you here. At some point, we must all join forces to become a team. Now, how many of you have taken a human life? What in the ass? This team sucks! One of the probably 
well, depending on who's writing it, but but probably one of the funniest and and uh, very entertaining characters that Marvel has. Certainly, right now, one of the most oversaturated and super popular characters in the Marvel comics stable. So I just figured, you know, like we could go into our usual routine of a all insert X character here show. But I I don't know that we really, I mean, I know we've talked a little bit about, you know, uncanny X-Force and I know Deadpool's come up in some of those conversations and maybe in terms of like talking about favorite characters and things like that. But this is probably the first time we've exclusively talked about Deadpool as a topic on the fan holes. So I just thought it might be a good idea to ask my fellow fan holes here who are with me tonight. Like, how did you first get introduced to Deadpool? And and I guess, you know, how did you sort of become a fan of the character? Oh, I, I was first introduced well, to Deadpool, like, as an action figure. Like, I think the first time I ever saw him was that Toy Biz-like figure. And I was like, oh, uh, I, I wonder who... I think he was, like, under the X-Force-like line. Yeah, it was like a subline, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was just like, oh, I wonder who this guy is. But then I didn't really give it enough, a lot of thought. And, like, my friend had him. And I know, like, when we used to play, like, X-Men with, like, the figures and stuff, like, he was just, like you know, on Magneto's side, basically. And I don't think we ever, like, gave it any thought or anything. Yeah, he was just yeah. some other guy that, you know, Wolverine or Cyclops just hit once and he fell over <laughs> or whatever. So. That's, that's kind of cool, actually. That kind of reminds me of, like, how I, I think, you know, like, Kenner's Superpowers or, or Mattel's Secret Wars was how I discovered a lot of Marvel characters initially. So it's kind of cool. Like, I mean, obviously that, you know, it dates me and Tony. Like, we're old and ancient, crudgety curmudgeons or whatever you know but but i i still think that's cool that that's how you sort of were first introduced to the character as just a, you know a toy biz action figure that's pretty neat and as, as far as like comics go um back when like i think it was around the time of heroes return where marvel like unleashed that like blitz of number ones and like one of the number ones like along with thunderbolts like on one of the number ones was a, was deadpool okay and then I think, like, Wizard was, like, hyping it up and stuff, because, you know, it was, like, you know, who was it, uh, McGinnis, yeah. his art, and, yeah, and, like, uh, Joe Kelly, and, like, Wizard was hyping it up, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know, like, I, like I've like i seen this guy's action figure, like, I, he looks pretty cool, and, you know, I, I've picked up a couple issues, but I don't think it really, like, stuck with me, like, an, until, like, I don't know, like, years and years later, where I went back and, you know, I read my favorite issue of all time, which I'm sure we'll get into. And I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. I got to go back and read like all of this now. So then I did. And I've been a fan of Deadpool ever since. Yay. Well, what about you? What about you, Tony, who has a Deadpool T-shirt tonight as he's recording? I'm going to take you guys back to the heady days of the early 90s before the dot-com bubble burst. And I think uh, Bush uh, Sr. was still in office. Way back when Rob Liefeld was considered a hot artist and somebody who actually knew how to draw, I'm going to take you back to Deadpool's first appearance in New Mutants 98. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like one of those like secret brothers. Like we were alive and we were reading New Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make you feel older than you can like you know know the first be alive for the first appearance of a character. He's 20 years old. Um. Over 20 years old. Uh, but yeah, uh, Deadpool did uh, debut in New Mutants 20, uh, 98. Uh, this is right after like uh, Cable had really taken over the book. Uh, Cable first showed up, I think, in like 
uh, issue 87 wasn't it or something like that yeah. okay. um but yeah and uh cable was big big tits back then he was really popular and uh wade he didn't really have a great debut he came in he kicked a little ass i mean he did pretty good but he was kind of uh used as a lead-in for domino to come in but however even though he was more or less a segue for domino to uh arrive he still got in a couple of good little quips. He he was shown to be funny, you know, and had his, his traditional sense of humor. And really, right after that, I was like, I kind of like this guy. You know, I was like, I, 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 would, I would like to know about the further adventures of Deadpool. And soon afterwards, like probably two or three years later, uh, they had a Deadpool miniseries with written by, not written, but a drama by Joe Maggiorino. I think it was Fabian Ascenza who wrote it. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. That was, and, in, uh, that was in 93. Yeah, and I really like that series. I'll probably talk more about it as we go into it. But yeah, that was like the first few years uh, of Deadpool's existence, and I was I was I was hipster enough to be uh, like Deadpool before anybody else did. <laughs> yeah, I I'd almost say we're anti-hipster. Like I I almost sort of I I feel like I kind of reject the oversaturation of it, and I kind of liked him when he was just on sort of a you know Boba Fett level or. A, you know, he basically he was kind of X Force's Boba Fett that showed up, did cool stuff, but not so much that you got sick of him. And then they gave him a couple miniseries, and I will fully admit I was not sick of him at that point. I, you know, I think I think at some point, like probably say 2008, then all of a sudden it was kind of like, oh Jesus Christ, you know. But like, like, <laughs> but like, you know, yeah. like uh, up until that point, it's like there were plenty of fun cool books and everything like that and i think i think if you're willing to sort of trudge through some of the other ones and i kind of was telling the other guys i was trying to do a a cram session of of recent stuff just so i could maybe pick out some gems from all the stinkers that are out there or whatever you know (laughs) then then you know maybe make some recommendations based on that but yeah like like tony i mean you know i i was reading new mutants at the time i mean that was that was a title i collected you know on a regular basis and yes you know back in the day it was like i know it's like everyone wants to chortle and laugh about it but back then we were all like man that rob lightfield can draw you know like he was like and i know i know you know people are like chuckling about it now and like you know pointing and laughing with their fingers at the fucking zonophones or podcasts or whatever but you know like one of my distinct memories was back in the day like one of the things i used to do in high school was i always used to have my you know whatever it was like my charcoal like drawing paper and i had a little kind of uh, artist portfolio that I would trudge around with me at school and stuff like that. And I was always drawing stuff. And like, I mean, I even remember like basically, you know, just, I I think it was some kind of, I want to say it was some kind of exercise where you had to draw a circle and then do something like draw something around the circle or something like that. So basically what I did was I drew this circle, which the head of Deadpool probably looks pretty ridiculous if I ever found that picture. But I remember it was like some kind of challenge to myself because I drew it in red pen and then I drew the rest of it in red pen. And it's like, yeah, I know people are sitting there going, well, you can't really fuck up much of a copy of a Liefeld cover. But I mean, I did basically draw Deadpool from the cover of new mutants 98 so i mean i i would be willing to say if i was that into like 
you know, drawing him and, and that kind of stuff. Like I was pretty into the, the comics and the characters at the time. Like I remember kind of going through and trying to draw, you know, all the X-Force characters, including Deadpool and, and all the X-Men characters and things like that. So I'm not going to sit here with auspices and be like, I didn't like any of that shit. That wasn't cool back then. You know, it's like for me, it was like, that was, that was super cool. It was like the, one of the most popular books at the time. You know, I'm the stupid bastard who contributed to like, you know, the millions of sales for X-Force one and all that <laughs> other kind of stuff, you know? So like, that's that, I mean, that's, that's part of my comics history and everything like that. And Deadpool is certainly a part of that. Like Tony was saying, I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't always a prominent character in X-Force, but I mean, he certainly, his presence was known and he was popular enough in those issues, you know, probably, you know, who knows, maybe there was like sales spikes whenever Deadpool showed up or whatever in X-Force. Cause before you knew it, it was 1993 and 94 and they gave him mini series and all that kinds of stuff. And, you know, of course, you know, I, I, I would be willing to say the rest is history, but I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about that as we talk about maybe some of our, our favorite storylines and everything. And and again, you know, it, 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 for me, I think it goes without saying, but, and I've probably mentioned it somewhere here, hopefully on the fan holes podcast in the past, but, you know, Joe Kelly's run on the ongoing Deadpool series is pretty fantastic. I mean, if I was writing a top 10 list, which of course I'm too lazy to write some of those up now and, and put it on the history of comics on film page. But if I was going to do something like that, I mean, obviously me and Mike both know what he's hinting at, which is the favorite Deadpool story of all time. And it's part of Joe Kelly's run, but I, I think it is one of those runs where you'd be hard pressed to single out a single story but we probably will single out a single story. But but I, I just think it, it is one of those runs where, <laughs> yeah. where you're like, well, I, 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 you know, I'd be willing to say I love this whole run. You know, I mean, I think that to me is the definitive Deadpool, the defining Deadpool. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it's interesting because people have lots of arguments over what what quote unquote classic means for certain comic characters. And, you know, sometimes you find if you start researching a history of a character you know i mean i i i know fabian uh, nasina is probably the character who probably created deadpool's voice to a degree even if rob liefeld's like the artist and part of the creation and you know probably had some say in how the character you know was portrayed and all that kind of stuff but Hey, Rob Liefeld worked, worked hours tracing Spider-Man to make Deadpool look awesome. Come on. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And 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 read lots of Teen Titans comics with Deathstroke the Terminator to get his secret identity name and all that stuff. <laughs> um, but but I, I I guess what I'm getting at is like sometimes you'll you'll read the early adventures of a character and maybe like a good example is like the Hulk and you'll be like I didn't know he was gray at first. You know, like you're so used to the sort of the iconography of you know oh, classic hulk he's this green monster he's got purple pants and whatever and and you go back to the early days and kind of see a character that's almost unrecognizable and i i think in, in some degree like th they were sort of fermenting this character and it's like he was kind of funny but it it, it it always was one of these strong bits of irony to me that in the beginning i think Deadpool was a mercenary who was a poor man Spider-Man, as in he didn't tell jokes that were quite as funny as Spider-Man. But by the time you get to Joe Kelly's run, Spider-Man was being written so piss poorly and had such fucking awful ass jokes 
that by that point, Joe Kelly, who's a very witty writer, a witty gentleman, you know, it's like you're sitting there going, oh, I read a Deadpool comic and I laugh my ass off, you know, and, and that's, I think, what people have come to expect from the character. And I, I just wanted to say for me, like that, that his run sort of exemplifies, I think, what the the, the classic sort of, I mean, if, if, if you can apply the term classic to a character like Deadpool, and I guess maybe by this point you can, you know, that to me is, is the classic, you know, iconic version of Deadpool to me. I think what Joe Kelly really did that became one of Deadpool's trademarks is like you said, like Deadpool was funny, even when he originally debuted, but he was more like Spider-Man. He was quippy funny, you know, he was kind of like, you know, insulting like the heroes, you know, it's like, like, I can't pull one out of my ass, but, like, he would just make, like, a joke, you know, and yeah, it'd be like, ha, that, that, that's funny, you know, okay, that's cute. But, like, I think with Joe Kelly, he really injected that whole thing of uh, Deadpool being really into pop culture and making all those pop culture references. Yeah, and breaking the fourth wall and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was like, Fabian Nazina did, like, add a bunch of that stuff, like, in, in that first miniseries, where I think, like, in, like, the very first scene, like, Deadpool's, like, beating up a bunch of guys and, like, comparing them to G.I. Joes or something, yeah. and then yeah. he's, he, he's he kind of, like, about, you know, like, yeah. in a, the kung fu grip and yeah like that, yeah. And then you've got, you've yeah. got, like, that, that second miniseries, which is written by Mark Wade. And I think that added, like, the heart of the character, like, where whereas before he was just kind of like, you know, he was basically, you know, a bad guy with maybe, I don't know, a tiny little sliver of decency in him. But um, I think Mark Wade's like, little miniseries, like, through his, like, sort of sort of relationship yeah, with, with, with with yeah with siren yeah. and stuff yeah, yeah like that kind of added like you know well, deadpool might have a heart after all you well, know but, basically. before the character had virtually yeah, his, his no, powers also go wonky in that too yeah before that he virtually had like no vulnerability whatsoever i mean yeah maybe you know domino would clunk him in the back of the head but you you didn't really get inside the guy's head or heart like you're saying you know and and that that you know i mean maybe it's a uh, you know pretty literal you know it's like oh you know he, he has this relationship with banshee's daughter and stuff like that but i mean in some ways that led to him opening up to her about the reasons why he did the things he did a lot more than than any previous version of the character so that's that's very true as well I love how, like, Mark Wade always tells it, where he's like, you know, like, I took that job without even knowing who Deadpool was, and once I figured out who he was, I was like, oh, shit. Like, and, but then he ended up <laughs> writing a pretty, like, decent miniseries. So. Yeah, yeah. That that series also has, like, a nice, uh, uh, a nice thing about having a really good relationship between Black Tom Cassidy and Juggernaut. I, I like how they played off each other in that, too. Yeah, they're like buddies. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I would be willing to say that that those two miniseries are pretty essential to shaping the character just as much as Joe Kelly. And I mean, if I like I said, if I was going to write a top ten list, but I'm too lazy to now. I mean, those would definitely be at least contenders, if not certainly on the list. I mean, you've got Mark Wade and you've got, you know, Fabian Messina and then, you know, Joe Mad doing the pencils on the Fabian miniseries like that was part of the allure to that as well. You know, you have this sort of hot, 
you know, I, I guess at the time, you know, the way Wizard would pimp it, you know, this manga style artist, you know, type thing. And, you know, I, I've always enjoyed his art style and everything like that. So that was cool as far as the Circle Chase goes, that miniseries. And then even Ian for, Churchill. For I me, know, like, I, Joe Mad always, I'm oh, sorry, <clears throat> I was just going to say, Joe Mad was like, for a long time, he was like what I thought Deadpool should look like. That was like that was like when I thought Deadpool, I usually pulled from Joe Mad. I mean, that was a long time ago, and his he's obviously his look has changed over the years. But for a long time, whenever somebody would say Deadpool, or I was like, oh, I want to read a Deadpool comic. Like the first thing I would see is like that Joe Mad cover with like you know Deadpool and big blocky letters and Deadpool at the bottom, you know, striking a pose and being like, you know, what what you looking at, fanboy, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned that Joe Mad's style has changed over the years because I was about to talk about how even though I really do like Ian Churchill's style and Ian Churchill really did start out as uh, ostensibly a clone of Rob Liefeld, you know, or at least trying to, you know, mimic the the attributes that made him, you know, skyrocket off to popularity and everything. But certainly if you look at like some of his more recent work and everything like on books like Marine Man. I mean, it, it's totally a lot of those trappings have since sort of vanished from his art style, you know, and he's kind of come into his own being, you know, his own kind of artist or, you know, I guess you could argue maybe some of the trappings of Ed McGinnis have crept into his work or whatever. But, you know, <laughs> like like it's 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 certainly not the same as as it is here. But regardless of that, you know, I you know, the guys worked on books like Superman and Deadpool and all kinds of stuff. So it's like I I liked his style no matter what the trappings were. So I think to me, it's like those two miniseries, those early ones, I would definitely, you know, consider some of my favorite Deadpool stories. I am the very model of a modern major psychopath. I something, 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 da-da, shooting, da-da-da-da-da. But I guess going into that, you know, I, I, I sort of want to turn it over to you guys and let you guys kind of go rampant with stuff that is your favorite Deadpool story. And then maybe I can either, you know, comment in or if there's some stuff that that I like that, you know, you guys haven't brought up, then I can chime in and kind of talk about those. But I mean, since Mike is our preeminent Deadpool expert, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, looking forward to hearing what his take is and, and some of his most favorite Deadpool stories. Well, I'll I'll save my absolute favorite for last, but I, like I guess I'll yeah just kind of go through like almost every well not everything but like you know in order basically. Um, I'd agree with you like that those first two miniseries are really good like foundations, and I mean and they're not awful either. They're pretty like decent you know four issue miniseries, and they they're pretty yeah, essential to the foundation of the character. Yeah, Joe Kelly's run, like, not only does it have my number one favorite story, but, it, like, that story is surrounded by, like, awesome other stuff, too. Yeah, and, like, yeah, it is. He pretty much, you know, the, the, he has a pretty, like, distinct idea where he's going with Deadpool, and it kind of, like, it kind of waxes and wanes, or, you know, it dips in and out, like, you know, he's trying to... At first, like, Deadpool's just kind of, you know, himself, and then he, he tries to be better, but then he goes, like, he sinks lower, then he comes back up, and then it kind of, I don't know, it, it just kind of goes, there's a lot of ups and downs, and, like, you, you swing from going, like, so, sort of, like, empathizing with, like, Wade Wilson to, like, actually, like, hating him at points and stuff, and, like, when you kind of realize, oh, man, like, this dude is a scumbag, like, sort of, like, when he <laughs> sort of, like, locks, like, Blind Al up in that box with all the, like, broken glass and all the, like, stuff hanging off the the wall, so if she moves, she'll get hurt and stuff, and you're like, man, what's wrong with you, dude? Like, 
holy crap but then yeah. like then he does like they have the moments where like yeah he's like a good guy and like you know and it's i don't know it's like a, it's a weird like head trip almost where you're like one minute you don't like him and the next minute you're like oh well maybe he isn't so bad maybe he is bad but but um i I think it kind of starts like in terms of this is something i've always said about beavis and butthead but it's like you you love watching the character but you you know and and this definitely applies to beavis and butthead but you wouldn't want to be friends with them in real yeah. life. Do you know what I mean? Like you wouldn't basically you wouldn't want Beavis and Butthead to come over to your house cuz odds are by the time they left everything would be on fire and they'd be uh, 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 or whatever fucking shit. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like and, and I think the same thing yeah. sort of applies to Deadpool. It's like you wouldn't necessarily want to be his best buddy cuz lots of yeah. shitty crap happens to people. Well, who I are, mean even like look at we like take Weasel for example. Yeah, yeah. Like their best buddy yeah, he, he fucks Weasel over for like every other story yeah, basically yeah. to the point where you like wonder like why they like weasel continues to hang out with him but i don't know but this, yeah this this tons of like i think it's like 32 or 33 issues it's 33 like, it's 33 issues and then yeah uh, everybody's favorite uh series killer i think christopher priest comes on <laughs> after that so yeah but, uh, like, I mean, there's so many good moments in those 33 issues. I mean, like, you know, him, like, I, I loved that scene early on when him and Siren, like, encounter, like, Dr. Killebrew, like, who, who at, at that point, before, like, millions and millions of retcons and stuff, where it was, like, I, I, I think it's still valid, but you, you never know anymore. But he, he was, like, one of the guys who turned Wade into Deadpool, basically. And, uh, like, there's that awesome scene where, like, you know, Siren has to, like, talk him out of killing him, basically. And, like, I don't know, it's just such a, like, tense and dramatic scene. And then there's, like, um, you know, later on they delve more into his origin with Ajax, who is going to be, like, the villain of, the, you know, the movie. And, you know, that's when Ajax comes back in present time. Like, that's another, like, great, like, dramatic, like, running fight between him and Ajax. And then, you know, there's the stuff with T-Ray. Um, I, I don't know. Like, I still can't take T-Ray that seriously, like, as his bad guy. But, like, it, <laughs> but at least, like, you know, the story's, like, suitably, like, dramatic enough and stuff like that. But, like, I, I feel... right nose strip, isn't it? That's what... Exactly, yeah. Like, the walking Breathe Right commercial, T-Ray, yeah. But, uh, like, like I feel stupid saying his name. Like, I think I, t- I told you guys... Like, T-Ray... <laughs> Anyone, anyone with a hyphen in their name, like I feel stupid saying, like, but I don't know. Wait, you say Spider Man all the time, right? Like, I guess so. That he's an exception, but uh, I don't know. But it's um, like, like, listen, dude, you, your name you is Trey. Come on. I, I bet you. I bet you. It's it's like a single letter hyphen name. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it'd be like if your name was like T Rex permanently and not Tyrannosaurus or something. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like Jason of Spartax. Yes, Jason <laughs> makes me feel yeah. incredibly stupid. Yes, yeah, but like all that it, stuff's pretty. Uh, it, good. Like when I was a kid, like you know, uh, I, I've learned how to read that now. But I read like DC Comics, and it's like it's like John Jones, you know, it's like John Jones. But like it, when I was a kid, it was like John Jones <laughs> in my head. John Jones, yeah. yeah. No, I get you, yeah, but. I mean, and, like, that's, like, that T-Ray stuff is pretty much where Joe Kelly's end run uh, ends. 
like where like they they go into sort of like you know they 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 reveal that Wade Wilson isn't the real Wade Wilson and T Ray is actually Wade Wilson and I think they've gone yeah. back and retconned that like three or four times over now but like it was a really interesting like twist at the time and um also like before that there was that whole like uh I think it was called like the Mithras directive where Deadpool was supposed to be like the savior of the the universe or something but then it, it turns yeah, out like I actually really like that that arc yeah. yeah, like, it turns out, like, you know, he he saves the universe, but, like, everyone, like, loses their free will, so he, like, you know, he doesn't save the universe, because he's like, no, you know, free will. And the, he also kicks Captain America in the nads in that storyline, so that's <laughs> that's a pretty high point, I guess, for him. But I'll, I'll leave, like, my absolute favorite story from that era, I'll leave that for the very end, because I'm sure we all have stuff to say about that. But, um... Like, moving on, like, like Fabian Nassina's run, like, on Cable and Deadpool is also, like, I, I love that run. That run lasts for, like, 50 issues, and, you know, it, it's basically a buddy comedy, basically, between Deadpool and Cable, and there's a lot of good stuff there, you know. I'm, I'm very familiar with, like, Nazina's, uh, I'm, I'm very familiar with his, like, writing style, and it's comfortable, because, you know, he wrote Thunderbolts for so long, and, you know, his... his I was his say, plots, really happy that, uh... Citizen V shows up again. <laughs> yes, yeah, I was really happy when he brought him back there. But, uh, you know, his plots are really complicated sometimes, but, like, and there's a lot of, like, subplots and stuff. We And weird, like, weird, almost like Warren Ellis-y science things and whatnot. But, I don't know, like, his characterization is, like, phenomenal. And, like, you know, there's there's a ton of... The, the relationship between Deadpool and Cable, like, as it evolves, like, that's, that's some of the, like, very compelling stuff in that series. And there's a there's a lot of like i don't know like really epic stuff too like i i really liked the whole even though deadpool's kind of almost like tangently related like involved in the, the events it's like that whole thing where cable like had his like utopia providence and uh you know, eventually, like, Reed Richards calls in the Silver Surfer to fight Cable and stuff, and, like, that, I thought that was a pretty, like, epic storyline and stuff, and, um, I don't know, I, like, towards the end of that series, like, after, like, Cable had to be, like, snatched away for, like, X-Men shenanigans, so it sort of, like, just became Deadpool's, like, solo book, and, you know, it was pretty cool. He was, like, teaming up with a n different hero for the last, like, ten issues of that series, basically. Yeah, that's when, and, it, like, it became, like, Deadpool and, what, like, Wolverine and Deadpool yeah, and, like, who, you know, Doctor fill in the blank. Doctor Strange yeah. and uh, Deadpool and wh whoever else, yeah. And, I mean, you know, obviously, well, like, at that point, they were kind of running on fumes because, like, their premise had been crippled. But, you know, I mean, that stuff is still pretty fun to read. But, yeah, I think that's the thing about Deadpool is, like... <clears throat> I'll get ready for any huge fanboys of him to hate me. But Deadpool works as a solo character pretty well. But even when he's been a solo character, he's had characters like Blind Al and Weasel and stuff and Siren to like kind of back him up. And I think he works better when he's got an ensemble, when he's got people who interact with him. You know, I think that's why Deadpool and Cable was such a fun series is because he had Cable to work with. And even in the, the upcoming movie, this isn't the spoilers if you've seen any of the commercials, He's got, you know, Colossus and Negasonic Teenage Warhead to work off of, you know, and he's got Weasel again, and he's got Blind Al again. And I, I think that's why some of the Deadpool series have flopped. It's not because they were necessarily bad. Okay, some of them were bad. I mean, I'm, let's just be honest. Some of them were kind of bad. <laughs> Daniel but, Way. 
<laughs> but it's yeah because they took away that interaction deadpool is only funny when he gets to interact with people he's only you know uh redeemable you know you have those moments where you feel bad for him when he's working on somebody who you already like you know and he's like oh i want him to like look good to you know siren be like you know her her hero i want him to like you know uh be kind of friends with cable they have that like you said that kind of you know Riggs and murtaugh kind of thing you know and I, I don't think Deadpool works good. It's just like, you know, I'm by myself, but I'm just going to crack yeah. jokes by myself. Well, you, you feel, you know? he, start, he starts off at such a low place that you feel, like, like rewarded when he, like, rises above that, basically. Like, But um, I was just going to say, like, also, I forgot, I skipped over it, but, like, Gail Simone had a really, like, like a neat, it was only, like, six or, uh, six or seven issues, maybe, like, at the very tail end of that initial, like, Joe Kelly started series. Yeah, I did, I did really enjoy that, and I was yeah, actually, that's, that's, that's... I was actually reading it at the time. It's, uh, it's from issue 65 to 69, and it, it was Gail. Oh, so it's only, yeah. like, four issues. Yeah, so it's, it, well, I mean, I guess it kind of leads into that whole Agent X thing, so I guess you could, you could conceivably yeah. extend that run if you, if you sort of consider Agent X a part of that, but strictly speaking, the, the sort of finale on that Deadpool series are her issues leading into Agent X. Yeah. Like, that stuff was cool, but I, w- I was never really a fan of Agent X, so, like, especially, like, it's it sort of seemed like Agent X was, like, supposed to be Deadpool with amnesia. Right. But right. then it turned out it was, he was a different guy, so yeah. then it was like, oh, well, why should I have cared about this? Right. And I wanted right. it I wanted it to be Wade <laughs> doing all these cool yeah. things and yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then, like, I was it happy. Was like, all along. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it was, like, some, what was it? It was some, like, Asian guy with, like, Deadpool's, like, jeans in him or something. I forgot how it went but uh in, in whatever case i was just happy when fabian nasina like brought agent x back in cable and deadpool and made him a big like goofball so yeah like i, I thought that was good. like i was like yeah that's right you you suck uh alex hayden or whatever yeah, his name yeah. is i i would but, uh, i would at least yeah. just you know kind of talk up like i i do like you know as much as i you know it's it's like udon the studio is so synonymous with that that series, you know, that's why we all run around calling that Taskmaster the Udon yeah. Taskmaster and everything. So, I mean, I, I I think that's worth bringing up. I mean, obviously, if that kind of manga anime style is not your cup of tea, you know, you may not be as sort of enamored with it. But I mean, I I remember you know really enjoying it at the time. I mean, I think that when that came out, you know, it was probably you know almost like you know, on the, the, the precipice of me sort of kind of going full blown into anime type stuff. So, yeah. But, um, anyway, uh, where was I? Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, after like Fabian Nazina's run, um, there's a big fucking black hole of suck for like a few <laughs> years. Like, like, yeah. Cause well, like, what happened to you? I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> yeah. well, we can, what happened? Like, we, we, it's we can get to that when we talk about. Yeah, that. We'll, we'll 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 talk about that later. I, I but I feel like, okay, here's here's how I what I feel like happened. People read like or people people were reading Deadpool and Cable, or they they eventually got to reading it, but too late to save that series, and they yeah. were like, oh, Deadpool's pretty cool. 
right? And then Marvel finally, like, keyed in on that, where Deadpool had some heat behind him. But then they picked the exact wrong writer to follow up on that heat, basically. And, yeah, yeah. then we, we went into those, like, overexposure years. During, like, we'll talk about that later. But during those years, I'd say the only bright spot in Deadpool's career was his stint in Uncanny X-Force, like, written by Rick Remender, who I think, like, you know, kept... You know, he kept the, the, the basic, you know, you know, the what worked about Deadpool, like that, that he was, you know, funny and he was a, actually a complex character, like that actually had some like morals and stuff. And that that point, like early on in Uncanny X-Force, where he like he gets the moral high ground on Wolverine is probably like one of my favorite like moments for the character, basically, where, you know, he's. They're, they're talking about, you know, Phantom X killing the Apocalypse Kid and, you know, Deadpool's like, you know, I, I didn't sign up for this. And Wolverine's like, yeah, well, you don't, you know, fucking cash your checks and do what we tell you. You don't you didn't sign up for, you know, that's because you don't you don't care about anything. And then, you know, Deadpool like walks off and then Angel tells Wolverine, you know, he's never cashed a check you know, I've given him, you know, he's been working for us for free. Then Wolverine's got the, you know, what Derek would call the what train. Yeah. Face. He's, he's like, like what? what? <laughs> Fuck you, Wolverine. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's a great moment. And, you know, De- Deadpool's, you know, a supporting character in that book, but he, he has a lot of good moments, you know, and he, he, he also like, he kind of does a like, like slam on the Punisher like it later on in that series where like they go to that alternate future and the Punisher's there. And I, I forgot, like, you know, he, 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 like it, the whole issue, like Deadpool's just making cracks at the Punisher. And like, uh, I was kind of, you know, people are kind of like, man, like Garth Ennis must've like really hated this or something. Cause they, like Deadpool's like, Hey, Hey Frank, you know, Clint Eastwood called, he wants his everything back. Like, you know, and <laughs> But I don't know. I, I thought that was pretty funny. But but yeah. So and then Uncanny X Force was like the only time I wanted to read Deadpool in those like in like a span of like two or three years, I think. But um, finally, I guess I should get to like the modern era with like uh, Jerry Dugan and Brian Posehn's run. And, like, honestly, when I read the first, like, I picked up Deadpool, like, number one, like, Marvel Now, like, the the first one that, like, Posehn and Dugan wrote, and I don't know, it didn't, it didn't hit me, like, it was about him fighting, like, zombie presidents and stuff, and I'm like, oh, great, like, more, like, wackiness with no, like, depth or whatever, but, like, once that book had been out for a year, like, I read, I went back and I read a bunch of other stuff, because I had heard some nice things, and, like, yeah, like, I think they get it, like, uh, there was, there was, they have some really good, like, concepts for Deadpool, and that series, like, introduced a lot of new, new concepts that I thought, like, had value, and, like, they, they kind of, like, got more into, like, you know, the heart of the character and, like, his lighter side. And, you know, there was a lot of, I think there was a lot of good stuff. And uh, I'm currently enjoying, like, his current run. Like, I, I think Brian Posehn isn't writing it anymore, but Jerry Dugan is. And, like, uh, you know, it's interesting. Like, I, I don't hate it, basically. And, like, that's that's pretty much, like, you know, high praise 
I I did end up reading those first six issues just based on, you know, you had mentioned to me that Madcap was in it and that, you know, you, you sort of didn't hate it, you know, so and and my experience with the Posehn and Dugan run for Marvel now is pretty limited. I don't think I was even interested in checking out the first issue because of what we'll call the spectacular crap years. It's not like it's not like it's the wilderness years. It was like the overabundance years were Deadpool had like 15 titles out in 2008 and pretty much like, you know, 14 of them were complete crap, you know, like that kind of thing. And, and so, you know, when the Marvel now series came out, it was just like, yeah, I don't really give two rats ass about this. Right. And the only time I did was when I had, I think, and I think you mentioned this to me as well, because you're always sort of filling me in on stuff that maybe I might like that I'm not looking at at the time and i did read the annual where it sort of explains that deadpool and madcap had that fight and thor fuses them together and that explains the horrible daniel way yellow dialogue (laughs) boxes and this kind of schizophrenic personoia that was created in that 2008 ongoing series that everybody well not everybody but to me was like sort of you know the Wolverine bone claws to dead. Yeah, it almost he, almost did irreparable damage. Yeah, to the to, character. To the character yeah. You know, and and so yeah. so and then they sort of undid that or explained why that was undone in their run. And you know, while I'm sort of happy for Deadpool, I I do sort of get the sense that that not not like Madcap had so many appearances and that he the character's irreparably damaged because. Ghost Rider did a lot of weird shit with Madcap that I was never happy with and tried to make him this more supernatural, sadistic villain than than he ever was in Captain America. And I was never happy with that either, you know? So I think think Madcap in Daredevil, or in Daredevil, I'm sorry, Daredevil was fine. (laughs) I think think Madcap in in this current Deadpool run... um, sort of seems to take all the the I mean I mean I guess it's spoilers for anybody who hasn't read it but it's like he seems to have taken all the you, you know that stuff you mentioned in the Joe Kelly run that you know occasionally you would stumble upon things where you'd be like holy shit this guy's a scumbag and he's really really mean like the way he treats Blind Al and some of his best friends and everything and it it almost seems like they've also used that you know, basically retconning the Daniel Way yellow dialogue schizophrenia boxes. They, they've they also gone one step further and used that as a way to sort of sanitize Deadpool a little bit. Because it feels like everything that was really malicious and cancerous about the character somehow got absorbed by Madcap. Like, that's sort of the impression I got. Where it's like, all the mean things that were done to Madcap being locked in Deadpool's psyche sort of went with him when they were separated. And and that's part of the reason why he sort of loses it. Like, that was kind of my impression of the whole scenario and everything and 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 it's like that's fine i guess i mean i i don't know that i'm like super happy about that for madcap per se but if it gets me like a marvel legend of madcap then like pretty much (laughs) all is all is forgiven um but but i mean you know it's like did i hate it no did i think it was like the greatest thing ever not not exactly it 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 was interesting i mean it it, it's like a lot of modern comics there's lots of uh you know uh, liberal kind of slang 
slants on things. But like one of the things I thought was interesting, though, was there there seemed to at least be a balance to it. Like there was that one part, I think. And I don't I think it was actually an uncanny Avengers. But since Dugan was also writing that and I was curious, basically, because I, I read the Deadpool arc and then, you know, I kept talking about how he was funding the Avengers, basically. And then I kept going, well, what's this about? You know, so I ended up reading the Uncanny Avengers, which, man, like, you know what? I anyway, never mind. But but <laughs> but but it, I just thought it was interesting. And there is this one scene where basically Deadpool's like, hey, I'm all out of ammo. Like Cable, do you have any bullets? Like and, you know, Cable's like, are you fucking shitting me? And 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 so basically Quicksilver runs to a gun show, picks up a gun show dealer. And of course, there's the usual sort of, you know, liberal snark about, oh, there's a gun show like every two feet in America. And he pulls up this sort of, you know, white, fat, bald, mustached guy. And and basically it's like the guy insisted to come because he wanted to meet you, you know, and everything. And so he, you know, Quicksilver speeds this guy over to sell him some bullets. And and then the, the part I liked about it, at least, was even though it was kind of a disparaging viewpoint, you know, and, and had its own sort of agenda and everything, you'll notice in the following panels, and I don't know if it's a writer decision or an artist decision, but either way, it, it sort of lended a little balance to the situation because after this guy sells Deadpool the bullets. He's such a fan of Deadpool that he goes and, you know, shoots these monsters down with him. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, well, yeah. at least that's, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, to me, I'm like, at least that's a little more balanced than just, you know, everybody's an evil nutbag because they don't agree with my political point of view. You know, it was more like, yeah, I don't agree with this guy, but his heart's in the right place. Right. So, you know, like that to me, I was kind of like, Hey, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to sort of make Deadpool a hero, you know, you sort of have to acknowledge that other people who you might find sort of distasteful can also do good things as well. And and so like that kind of thing, I was like, that was kind of cool. I never thought in a million years that somebody could get me to feel horribly sorry for slapstick. <laughs> yeah, I know that like, was you know like that one yeah. moment like I'm just like not not spoiling anything for anybody who wants to read it but like basically the the some of the plot of the care or of the story arc is that you know because Deadpool is now funding this group of Avengers, he sort of has institutionalized. It's almost like Deadpool Incorporated, where all these different mercenary characters you may or may not have come to know over the years in the Marvel universe are now dressing up as Deadpool. And then at some point, one of the villainous characters is dressing up as Deadpool. So then they have to do all kinds of color-coded costumes, you know, maybe justifying all those weird eBay China sellers selling Deadpool in all kinds <laughs> of different colors or whatever. But but basically, <laughs> you know, like, like you know, Solo is one of the guys who is dressing up as Deadpool in the red outfit at first, but eventually it's like a green, sort of militaristic green outfit. You know, there's, there's Slapstick, there's Madcap, there's... Um, Stingray. Stingray, you know, like there, there's all these different guys that are basically, you know, trying to make ends meet, you know, dressing up as Deadpool and, and being like mercs with a mouth and stuff like that. So, I mean, I, I thought that aspect was kind of interesting to it. And like, like, you, you know, kind of like you were saying, <laughs> I don't I, I don't hate it. I, I don't think it's the greatest thing ever. But but I mean, it's it's interesting. But I, I just wanted to say that that was something I sort of crammed 
for the purposes of this show, because I knew you said you had read it and I wanted to sort of, you know, chime in and, and offer my own opinion on I it. Did, I, I did want to say, like, at least like like they kind of like uh, I, when I first started reading that, like I was like, oh, man, like Danja's not going to be happy. Like Stingray's kind of is kind of like a like, schmuck in this. But then then like it's kind of revealed that Stingray's like undercover for like, right. you know, Captain America or whatever. So I was like, OK, well, that kind of saves him a little bit of face. You know so. what? You know what I thought was interesting about that was I, I I sort of have these moments. It's like, you know, I, I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm kind of tired of like Captain America being an old douchebag. Like I want him not to be an old <laughs> douchebag anymore, you know? And, and what's interesting though, is like, he clearly he actually, cap. At, at this point in time, he clearly completely unequivocally trusts Deadpool. I mean, that that's the way it's presented anyway. He's always standing up for him and all this kind of stuff and everything like that. And, and, and I think it's, it's funny to, to then look back at, you know, say, you know, Cap getting kicked in the nads by Deadpool or like there, there's other examples of where Captain America's interacted with Deadpool. And, and there's a series I'm thinking of that I'll bring up in my favorites where it's like Captain America will just look and go, this guy's a fucking madman. And it's like, no shit, Cap, let's continue fighting trolls, you know, like that kind of thing. And it's like, it's funny to me <laughs> that, you know, only like a year or two later, it's like, everybody's like, are you nuts? You know, are, are basically, are you nuts? You know, old man, Steve Rogers, you're going to trust Wade Wilson. And everybody's, you know, and basically he's constantly kind of being like, he did his due. He did his due. We gave him a, a, an Avengers card. But he, he's, <laughs> he's done his due, you know. So I, I, I don't know. I, I find that kind of interesting, you know. Yeah. Well, like I was gonna say, like in Dugan and Posehn's run, like they, they just did on CBR, like you know, the top one hundred or whatever, however many Deadpool stories, and like the number one was like a Dugan and Posehn story called "The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly," and basically, like it's a, it's a sort of like. It's it's like a team up story basically where like Deadpool and his like fellow like sort of super soldier like experiments like Wolverine and Captain America like they all get kidnapped and brought to like North Korea where they're trying to like create like super soldiers and like like long story short basically like they they made like some like half-assed clones of the X-Men and stuff and like Deadpool eventually kind of becomes a mentor to this like group of like North Korean like refugees and stuff <laughs> and like like I like the story like was voted like as no, the best Deadpool story ever and like I liked it but I like I I kind of felt like like I think you even mentioned Derek where you were like looking at panels at it and you're like Deadpool isn't even in these like panels it's all like Captain America and Wolverine yeah, yeah that like it's it's more of a team up story than like a Deadpool story but it it does have some good like Deadpool moments in it and it it, it features like sort of um I guess it was Posehn and Dugan's way of like trying to reconcile all of Deadpool's various origins and like pasts and stuff like that where you know he he kind of was under the control of this guy named Butler and but like they they would like reprogram him so like his mind would like right. invent scenarios yeah. to like explain like the holes in his past and stuff so like i thought that was pretty interesting and like it, it had a lot of good moments that story i wouldn't call it like i don't know it wouldn't be one of my favorites but i thought it was really good and um 
the the other thing I liked about like Dugan and Posehn's run is um they used they would do like one off issues every so often of Deadpool what Deadpool was doing during a certain time period and like like they had a Deadpool <laughs> in like the seventies like issue and a Deadpool in the eighties and a Deadpool in the nineties issue and like the nineties issue is like hilarious because they draw it like the artist draws it in like a Rob Liefeld like style kind of and it, <laughs> nice. it's like it's it's hilarious because like Deadpool's guns like change designs in every panel <laughs> and like like S- Sabretooth has like this ridiculous hair that like is twice the size of his head. And like it's like it's got all the tropes of like '90s comics. Like they come up against Alpha Flight. I don't. Know, it's all ridiculous and stuff. And it's like really funny. And like I thought that like it's a good um, concept for like Deadpool like one-off issues basically. Like where you know it, it seems like it's kind of biting off like what what will be you know my number one favorite Deadpool issue where the you know it, he goes back in time, but. I, I thought that was a very unique concept and something that, you know, was a good idea. And um, I was going to say, like, the, the, the 70, the one where he's in the 70s, like, he joins up, like, he teams up with, like, Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And they fight, like, this pimp named the White Man. And, like, I don't, like <laughs> yeah, he's, and he's just, like, this albino pimp. And uh, I don't know, but it, I, I found that to be, like, a really funny issue, too. But, uh... But otherwise, yeah, I think aside from like my number one favorite, I think I've covered, I've gone through like everything I've wanted to say. But I don't know, like, do you want to save the number? Because I'm going to assume it's like, is it your favorite too, Derek? It is. It is my favorite. Okay, so I don't know if you want to. I don't know, Tony. Do you want to? Do you want to talk about some? Do you know what we're talking about? Number one, and do you want to talk about some of your own before we get to our favorite Deadpool story? Well, well, considering I've read it and then Mike's avatar is looking me right in the face, I won't spoil it. But yeah, I'm pretty sure I know which one it is. Got it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, Tony, um, what, are, what are yours? Yeah, then. Um, I, I do think the first two miniseries are a central reading for any Deadpool fan. They they really do kind of establish the character. And the art's not bad on the eyes. Even if Ian Churchill's like kind of in his nascent phase, he, he's, he's, he's like a clone of Rob Liefeld who can draw. So that's always good. Um, yeah. Everyone's I, I do, a, everyone I do, yeah. has proportions, basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone looks like a person, yeah. Um, I, I do like some of his appearances in X-Force, because, like, a lot of people forget, like, there was a time with Deadpool, like, yeah, he has his scummy moments later on, but there's a time he was a full-fledged bad guy. You know, he was not even, like, you know, somewhat redeemable. He was funny, he was, he was, a, he was a fun character to read, but, like, you know, he was trying to kill X-Force, you know? <laughs> he was, like, their, their enemy. Um, so I, I like a lot of his random appearances in that. Um, I, I think one of the ones that we kind of uh, skimmed over that I thought was really fun was when he was uh, teaming up and trying to become a member of the uh, Great Lakes Avengers. And I I don't know if people hated it. I thought it was funny, but I also really liked you know the Great what's Lakes funny Avengers. I'm a I'm assuming because I I looked at the credits on that and I see it was written by Fabian and Dan Slott because, you know, I guess they're both the experts on those respective characters. You know, to be honest, even though we've praised, you know, Great Lakes Avengers or or whatever they're calling themselves, like GLI, I forget what it was. But I mean, I've read a number of those miniseries, you know, usually thanks to Brian. And, you know, I know of the characters through Avengers West Coast and everything like that. But to be perfectly honest, I, I don't think I've ever read that. I imagine it's funny and wonderful, but but I don't think I've actually yeah. read that one shot. 
I like in that issue when Squirrel Girl goes to visit Penance and like and <laughs> <laughs> I love like Penance is like, you know, like I'm I'm too hardcore and like deep for you now, like Squirrel Girl. And yeah, she, he's like he's like he's like, Don't you understand? You know, like I went off half cocked without a plan, yeah, and like Squirrel Girl's like, Well, Hawkeye does that all the time and people love him, you know? <laughs> like and like I don't know, like every point like penance it's brings up. Dark like, as she, shit. Not yeah, like... she put she just uh no like you know, uh, like the Avengers blew up Washington D.C. You don't see everyone like trying to <laughs> do a superhuman registration act over that, do you? Like whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny. Yeah, it's it's it like uh, and like Deadpool works good with them because it's it's kind of hilarious how even though Deadpool is more competent than them, just because of Deadpool being who he is, he's he, you know like you said he can be scummy sometimes and he's kind of a jerk to them. It's like. It's this weird thing where he wants to be on the team just because he's not on a team at the moment, but he's also like he's kind of an asshole to him. So they're like, we don't want you on the team, dude. <laughs> you're you're a jerk. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a really funny one shot. I, I I thought it was really great. And and like you like I said, I I, I have a fondness for uh, Dan Slott's like early work. I don't know about Spider Man stuff, but I, I really like the Great Lakes Avengers and his She Hulk work before he got too big for his britches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah fuck you man um yeah i, I think that was, that's a really good story it's really fun um as far as just like random appearances here and there uh Derek's avatar is really funny but i'm sure he wants to talk about that so i'll, I'll leave that alone but um I, I actually did like the uh the citizen b like uh i don't know the name of the country but i, I did like that little arc in cable and deadpool i thought that was really well done oh, and Samara. Samaru, yeah, Sakari, yeah, I forgot. Silver, isn't it? Isn't it Silver yeah. Cable's country? Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, um, um, God, how do you say oh, yeah. that? Like, yeah, so... like I can't, I can, I can think of it, but I can't think of how to pronounce it. Uh, yeah, that's, that was like a really fun. Yeah, yeah that was a, that was a good issue. Um, yeah, because well, it's like you said, Mike. You know, like it had Deadpool and stuff like that, which was really good. You know, she's in the book, obviously, and Cable. But, but yeah, we did have Citizen V come back, and we also have like the Citizen V corpse and stuff now. It's like it's like this like heritage line, and it, that was kind of cool that they did that in that book. So I, I thought that was really good stuff. Um, I'm trying to pull out anything. I it it like Deadpool. The thing about him, unlike Mike, who has a very like detailed memory and like can pull up issues like it. I I, I remember the the debut and like Cable's origin debut, so like I get credit on that. But um. You know, I'll just see him pop up and I'll like read a you know an issue he's in and I'm like, oh, that's really funny. I'm glad he like showed up. Or you know, I'll like read like a couple of uh like like the Mithras arc. I don't know the issues, but that entire arc was really fun. I like the idea that they were like, you know, you're going to be the savior of the universe. And is at a point where Deadpool was not super confident and he's like, yeah, I'll save the universe. Cool. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> He's, he's, he wants to be a hero, but he's like, yeah, he just got his ass kicked by T-Ray. So he was like, I don't, I, I, I think I could do this. Um, so, you know, yeah, I like that kind of stuff. I like those stories where um, Deadpool is flawed and he's, he's, he's not the coolest guy in the world, even though he thinks he is. <laughs> he's like completely, he's completely like, you know, like, I'm pretty cool. Everybody else is fucked up. Why does everybody hate me? And I, I think that's the kind of the core of the character, you know, it's like, I know all this shit, man. I eat tacos and I'm really like, you know, funny. Nobody likes me. You all suck. I hate you guys. So I, I think that's why people feel sorry for him. And they actually do sympathize with Deadpool's because 
he does try to do well. He does try to do good things. But, you know, it's like Derek said. If you watch his adventures or if you're not involved in them, oh, they're incredibly fun. And they're like something you'd want to watch. But if you were friends with Deadpool, you'd want to kill him. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to throw in the uh, Great Lakes Avengers one shot. I thought that was a really good story. So. Cool. Cool. I think I would pronounce Silver Sable's country Simcaria. But yeah, that's, that, that sounds right. That's, yeah. that's what I would do. Um, cause I just, I had to look it up real quick cause I couldn't remember what the hell it was called, but, um, you know what? I'll, I'll go through and, and jot off a couple things that we haven't talked about. Like, I think you guys hit some of the big ones as far as, you know, Joe Kelly in general and the first two miniseries and stuff like that. And of course the, what we're saving as the super secret number one favorite of the fan holes and all that kind of stuff. I did want to mention though, for Joe Kelly's run, Part of the appeal to that run for me was the fact that, you know, much like most of the superheroes and and my favorite comics, you'll notice a pattern and Sigmund Freud would have a field day with it, is that I seem to like (laughs) stories where the hero gets with the bad girl, essentially. And you're kind of thinking, well, Deadpool's so fucked up, who could they possibly pair him off with that would be a quote-unquote bad girl? But they do pair him up with typhoid mary from daredevil so you've got somebody who's probably just as wigged out or probably even crazier than deadpool and i've always kind of liked that aspect of joe kelly's run and it kind of comes to a, a height in there's a uh, annual and that was back when i guess characters were sort of sharing annuals i guess so there was oh, a daredevil deadpool, deadpool annual yeah and that was in 97 and um you know, that was actually ostensibly part of Joe Kelly's, you know, 33-issue run, even though it, technically, if you include those, it's more than 33 issues. And then the penciler was Bernard Chang, who I really liked from his Valiant days. He penciled, like, The Secret Life of Dr. Mirage and all that stuff, and I thought he was a pretty wonderful penciler as well. So, like, that issue, I just figured I, I'd give that a mention. As far as an encounter with madcap that I enjoyed Deadpool having, uh, there's a fun two (laughs) little issues of, uh, 1997 heroes for hire comic book. It's issues 10 and 11. The, the storyline is called misalliances. And basically it's got like the heroes for hire crew going up against another crew that silver sable hires. And that's written by John Ostrander. And I, it, it basically at that point, Deadpool is facing off against Madcap because they both can sort of, you know, impale each other and and, and do all kinds of, you know, decapitation and, 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 uh, you know, (laughs) defenestration and all kinds of stuff to each other. (laughs) And, and, and it basically doesn't hurt the other. And that was always my sort of, um, I, I just something I've always thought was cool about Madcap, you know, so it was it was one of those things where doing a lot of research on the character because I thought I was going to try to write him into a team of supervillains. You know, that was something that was a favorite story of mine. And it also, you know, features Deadpool just as well. Um, this is going to be kind of random, but I, I think it counts and I would probably put it on a top 10 list. In fact, I already have put it on my favorite Deathstroke the Terminator story top 10 list. And this is actually Superman Batman Annual 1 from 2003. This was also written by Joe Kelly. And basically, it's kind of a nod to the original meeting of Superman and Batman, where in the original meeting, I think it's like Superman 
53 or 54, I don't know, something like that. They're on a cruise ship or whatever. So basically Joe Kelly kind of retells that story where Bruce Wayne and and Clark Kent are on this cruise ship and everything, but it turns out like Deathstroke the Terminator's also there and then the Crime Syndicate of America shows up through this portal and then who is the Crime Syndicate version of Deathstroke the Terminator? It's basically like a guy who looks just like Deadpool except for he's in a, you know, orange and blue costume kind of like Deathstroke and everything so i think that's kind of worth mentioning just as oh, a cool. a funny nod and everything it, now i i know we kind of like deadpool is he like quippy and stuff and funny and oh stuff? yeah 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 doesn't he like they oh, keep cool. he keeps trying to say his name but he keeps getting cut off yes. like yeah yeah so you know it's kind of like when they always play with the the rules and everything it's like you know they always used to have those issues where impossible man would like come back and it'd be like boy dealing with that lummox at the daily planet sure is tough now i'm gonna go bug the fantastic four or whatever you know they would always like or like when when clark kent shows up in spider-man like like as a reporter or whatever every so often yeah like they'd always make those kind of little insinuations and stuff like that um Um, are are you gonna move on to the number one now or like i just if you, you want to, if you want to talk about it, I just no no no. I, I just I forgot about something, but I, keep keep going. No 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 no. Go go ahead. Would you? Because I'm I'm still going through a couple things that that you guys hadn't mentioned. So go ahead. Okay. So, I, I was just gonna say like you mentioned Typhoid Mary, and that reminded me. Um, I also wanted to say the the Hawkeye versus Deadpool like miniseries by like Posehn and uh, Dugan is a, also like a pretty like decent four parter and. Besides, like, the fact that, like, the only, like, strike against it, I'd say, is it has, like, current, like, current day Black Cat, where she's, like, all evil for no reason anymore, and she has no problem killing people, like, and, like, she's the main (laughs) bad guy, but she also, like, breaks Typhoid Mary, like, out of prison, and, like, you know, pits her her against Deadpool and that, so that's, that, that made me, like, think of that, but, um, that's, that's a pretty good, like, um, four-parter, and, um, like, it, Deadpool has good chemistry with, like, both Hawkeyes, like, Kate and Clint. And uh, this is, like, one of the funniest parts is, like, uh, I forgot, like, Hawkeye, like, tries to lay out this plan. And then there's a two-page spread of, like, like sort of similar to the pizza dog issue of Hawkeye, where it's, like, a big diagram and stuff of, like, you know, all these, like, little, like, icons and stuff. And at the bottom of the diagram, like, Deadpool's poking into it, and he's like, I don't understand what's going on. Are we waiting for the dog to solve the problem? Like, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> like, but, yeah, that that really cracked me up. But that that's a good, like, miniseries, Deadpool versus Hawkeye. Cool. I, I, I read the first issue of that, and then I think I got up to the Black Cat part, and then I just stopped. Yeah, that, that's you have to get past that. Yeah, but yeah. Once you, it's a pretty good story. So I I just wanted to say, as far as like what we're calling the oversaturation years, which, you know, there there, for me, there was far and few between uh, Deadpool stories. It's not to say I haven't read them. It's not like I'm just kind of writing them off. I mean, I, I, I do sort of have weird fondness for the oversaturation years just because that was sort of when I was out of work. And I was going to DeVry, and it was like, that was something I did in my free time, you know, just kind of, you know, read all these different Deadpool series, whether it was like Merc with a Mouth, and, you know, all, there there were all kinds of miniseries. I mean, most of them were terrible. I, I think they were awful. Deadpool core. Yeah. So. Oh, you mentioned the one I hate the most. 
So, 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 like Deadpool course, drop Mike. <laughs> we're, 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 yeah, we're going to, we're going to get to it. I mean, I think we're all secret brothers on that, but, um, I, I just wanted to mention that to me, there were some gems in the rough as we like to say. And, and for me, I, I know that, uh, Mike had mentioned uncanny X-Force. I did want to give a shout out to the storyline in the previous X-Force title that was written by Craig Kyle and Christopher Yost. And that was called Messiah War. And it basically was, you know, a cable X-Force kind of team up thing because there was the cable ongoing book, which I pretty much enjoyed reading. And there was the ongoing X-Force book at the time. And this was the team. It was led by Wolverine. But instead of having like Psylocke, Phantom X, Deadpool and and um, Archangel, it was uh, Warpath and Rain and X-23. And then they also had like the Vanisher and Domino occasionally and characters like that. So I, I just wanted to give a shout out because in the Messiah War, it's it's kind of like, you know, it's it's like the, you know, one of these days of future past type you know rifts where they go into the future and everything and like strife is you know running everything and 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 is in charge of the future and it's this dystopian thing and there is this future version of deadpool who has survived all this kind of crap and everything and helps them out you know in in that future end of the story and i all i want to say is that you know my thought on Deadpool was always that, you know, Joe Kelly was the one who had captured his voice. And in reading, you know, the number of series that came out, you know, Daniel Way, Cough Cough, and, and all these other things that had come out, these different miniseries, I never really thought anybody captured Deadpool's voice, you know, even the way, you know, Fabian Nessina or, you know, Joe Kelly had. And this was the first time where I was like, man, Christopher Yost is cool. He writes cool comics. You know, he does great work on TV as far as the Marvel characters goes. And this was the first time in a long time where I was like, you know, like how Mike said, there was this whole, you know, splattering of time where everything was absolute suck. And I was like, you know what? Even though it's this future version of Deadpool and he hasn't been in action for a long time and he's a little older, I'm like, this guy captured his voice and and for me I'll, I'll always give somebody credit when credit's due and that's you know completely due like yeah. he actually captured yeah. the character's voice and it wasn't this weird schizophrenic asshole who was merged with madcap or whatever the retconned excuses now so i i thought that to me was a diamond in a rough and you know what's funny i can't really remember why exactly all i remember was it made me laugh and deadpool hadn't made me laugh in the longest time and uh, I, I do want to give a nod to the Hulked Out Heroes miniseries. It was a totally ridiculous miniseries. Everybody turned into fucking Hulks. But I think for some <laughs> reason, Deadpool turning into the Hulk was extremely funny to me. And, you know, that's I just wanted to sort of mention that. Um, and then just two more things. And then I think we can get into the, the you know, favorite favoritist of all. Um, a friend of mine who is a big fan of history comics on film. Um, basically I know him because I created that web series and he's one of those fans that will occasionally IM me on Facebook and ask me when the new episode is coming out and everything. And I was actually talking to him tonight 
and he's a nice guy. He probably never listens to the, these podcasts, but he's always eager for the next episode of History of Comics on Film to come out. And, you know, he was asking me some questions about the next episode and when it's going to come out and things like that. And I did mention to him that I was recording this show tonight on Deadpool. And he asked me, have you read Deadpool biannual number one? And I said, no, I haven't. Should I? And he says, yes, absolutely. So I said, I'll check it out and let you know. And I did. And it was pretty fucking funny. I mean, you know, like, I mean, oh, is that that's your avatar, right? Yeah. That's where he teams up with brute force. Yeah, yeah. Well, it starts out as Deadpool <laughs> yeah. fighting brute force. And then by the end of it, yeah, they they sort of come to an understanding thanks to Agent Coulson and team up and they turn into a big Voltron suit. And the issue ends with a little icky stuff about the guy from SeaWorld, like jerking off the orca whale or whatever. And that's that's how everything's resolved. But I, I have to admit, it did. It, I mean, it did tickle my fancy. It did kind of make me crack up and laugh and everything. And, you know, so I was, uh, you know, you want to know how funny that you want to know how funny that that issue is, actually, because I read it, too. And you know how funny it is? It's because hold on to your butt, Derek. You and Link Carr actually agree on something. He did an episode about it and he actually said it was a really funny issue and he liked it. <laughs> Well, that's probably because he was ragging on the poor brute force comics from like the nineties, right? Yeah. You mean you mean you mean Simon Furman's brute force? Yes, Simon Furman's <laughs> brute force. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that is, that is a really funny issue. There's there's a lot of like uh, like the to, just to let you guys know, um, brute force was supposed to be a toy line in the nineties, and they made a comic about it, but they never made toys. It was basically animals in armor, and they would. They would be they were eco warriors basically, basically Captain Planet, but it's it's Wait, a lion, okay. a dolphin, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, it, it it tanked horribly. It was a four issue miniseries, it didn't go anywhere. But um, in the uh, Deadpool biannual, they make brute force like eco terrorists kind of. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. So yeah, it's it was, like they're it all angry. It, it was funny. I think it's I think it's worth checking out, and I'm glad that even though Randy doesn't listen to this podcast, I'm glad he recommended it to me, and he's always supported history of comics on film and everything like that. So that I thought was pretty cool. Um, and then just the the last thing I'm going to mention is I did you know like like I was telling Mike you know I read that. Um, Dugan run of Deadpool, you know, from this sort of what I'm calling the post Secret Wars 2015 era of Marvel Comics and everything. Since Secret Wars is finally over, that gave me license to actually try to some out some try out, you know, some of the new Marvel titles. And that was one of them. And like I was telling you guys, I was reading Uncanny Avengers and different places where Deadpool was showing up for the purposes of this show. And then I was semi looking into, hey, you know, there's a lot of miniseries that have come out that I haven't really read. You know, the aforementioned Hawkeye, you know, versus Deadpool. I read the first issue of that and was like, no, thanks. I don't want to keep going. I looked at, like, Thanos versus Deadpool. Read the first issue of that. No, thanks. I don't want to keep going. And then I looked at some other things, like Deadpool versus Carnage. I got to the cover and saw Colin Bunn had read it and was like, fuck that. <laughs> and then I think there was, like, some other miniseries that Colin Bunn had read, and I was like, no, thanks. I'm not even going to bother with that. Um, interestingly, because I... For some reason, I know everybody else is pretty down on Secret Wars. I think somehow I became totally enveloped in it because I decided I wasn't going to read any other Marvel comics until I finished reading it. So when the delays happened with like the final like three issues, I think at that point I was sort of like, well, what am I going to do now? 
And then I just decided, you know what? I'll start reading all these tie-in miniseries while I wait for them to finish Secret Wars. And so, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's horrible, but, like, I've pretty much read them all. Um, <laughs> and, and, and you know, some of it to, to good fortune. You know, like, some of them I thought were really cool and everything. But one of the first ones I read, because it actually, you know, had Secret Wars in the title and it was easier to find than all the ones with the little Secret Wars logo on the cover was Deadpool's really secret Secret Wars. That also was written by Colin <laughs> Bunn. Um, so you'd think I'd run away from it screaming in terror. Um, and I thought about it. But since it had Secret Wars and I was sort of starved for Secret Wars content, I, I all I'm going to say is I think it was a good idea. I think had they got somebody like <laughs> Peter David or somebody to actually write the comic, it probably would have been just as good as our favorite Deadpool comic that we're about to mention. But since it wasn't written by somebody like Peter David and it was written by Colin Bunn, it was it was OK. I get the idea. You know, basically, they sort of insert Deadpool into the original, you know, Jim Shooter 12 issue maxi series at every turn. And it oh, sort okay, of, okay. you know, it sort of makes like, you know, different dovetails and diversions and stuff like that. Like some of the stuff I thought was funny was like Deadpool ends up hooking up with Isaji instead of like Johnny Storm and Colossus and everything, you know. So it's like there, there's like funny shit like that where it's like, yeah yeah, okay, it's funny. Like, it doesn't take a genius to figure out how Deadpool would sort of tweak the original story or anything like that. So I think, as far as the idea uh, is, goes... Is he like, I've got this... I got this big black ball of shit. I'm just going to put this in this machine. I don't know. Somebody will pick it up later. Something like that. Right, right. Exactly. That. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, you already... You know, that's in the fucking comic book. Like, it really is. Like, <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? Like, you, like, like I said, you, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out, like, like how certain things, you know, come out and everything. So, so, you know, I, as far as that goes, like I, I was, you know, I, I was entertained and distracted, you know, for a little while and everything. So, so that's worth bringing up and everything. But most of it, like I said, was like, you know, I tried something out and was like, not too into it. Pass, 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 pass. Uh, the one thing of all that stuff where I looked at it, read the first issue and said, you know what? This is awesome. I'm going to keep reading it. And it turned out to be a great read was Deadpool's art of war, uh, 2014 miniseries, four issues written by Peter David, uh, penciled by Scott Koblish. Uh, it kind of flips the bird to the current continuity because he wanted to use the real Loki, not the kid Loki or the woman Loki. And there's a specific scene where he's like, <laughs> you know, basically it's almost like Peter David's breaking the fourth wall, but it's, you know, talking about the narration and it's like uh, Deadpool going, Hey, I know who I'll get to, to, because basically like Deadpool somehow goes back in time and uh, kills Sun Tzu because, you know, in the, the opening of the book, they describe how he, you know, murders these two uh, concubines of the emperor. And then the families of those concubines wanted vengeance and paid him to kill Sun Tzu. And then he actually finds Sun Tzu's scrolls and he thinks he's uncovered this great treasure because he's an illiterate, you know, douchebag or whatever. And then when he brings it back to the publishers, they're like, oh, we've you know, translated and printed this hundreds of times. Why should we give you a book deal? And Deadpool's like, well, I'll put a unique spin on it. Like, you know, and and then he basically decides to go and start a war so he can sort of use 
the writings in turn in turn of you know basically this war so, that he's so he can sell his book. Yeah, so he can sell his book. So self creating. So it, it's pretty funny. Um, and and you know of course they take sort of the classic Loki, which is kind of ironic because he's fighting Thor. And like it, it's almost like the classic version of Asgard is dumped smack dab in the middle of circa like you know is this a thing Spider Woman and Hawkeye era Avengers <laughs> so you know and it's like that that's the you know the group of people that are running around in the background and you know of course there's basically he kind of shamelessly swipes the we have a Hulk and you know Loki gets you know puny godded by uh the hulk in it you know and smack back and forth so i mean there's lots of you know either nods or just you know swipes from the avengers movie itself in the context of this story but i mean i i i enjoyed it a whole lot and thought it was you know it was legitimately funny and i was legitimately laughing and everything um and then and then i guess sorry i i, I lied and then you know that brings up to another thing which i was legitimately laughing out loud about and we we probably didn't talk about it in detail because it's not over yet but uh based on mike's recommendation i did check out the first issue of uh spider-man and deadpool um which is joe kelly as we've been saying you know basically the preeminent Deadpool writer and Ed McGinnis. Um, and uh, some of that stuff was just making me laugh my ass off. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, I, I kind of liked, uh, like, I don't know. Like I liked Dormammu, like being like, uh, like Spider-Man, you're hanging out with Deadpool. Like, man, you've fallen <laughs> far. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I found like a lot of that stuff that just cracked me the hell up. So, um, but yeah, that, I want to I mean, say before we uh, talk about the uh, the the super issue that everybody loves. Um, just because he says strife, and we never mentioned strife on here, so I will never get to make this joke. One of my favorite jokes about strife and cable was in a, a issue of Wizard, and it was like a pop quiz on the X Men. It was like choose which one of these is correct, and they had three uh, three options, and the first one was uh, Cable is Strife's clone. Uh, option two, Strife is Cable's clone. And then option three was clone his stripes cable. And I don't know why that just like cracked me up. Back in the day. <laughs> 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 yeah. but anyway, yeah, move, move along. Yeah. Yeah. Wizard was really good back in the day. Back, 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 back when we were kids. <laughs> nice to see you kept my color scheme when you copied my suit. Am I like your idol? Never heard of you. I designed this costume myself. Sure. Black and white eyes, red suit. So you made it your own with the crossword theme. Oh, wait. Webs. Those are webs. <laughs> no pouches, though. You need pouches. So I guess it's come to that time, and I'd like Mike to do the honors, but it's time for us to reveal our favorite of favorites for Deadpool's stories. So why don't you take it away and, and tell everybody what we've been sort of hedging off uh, to the very end here. The issue that is like not only my favorite Deadpool story, but possibly pr most likely in my top five favorite single comic books of all time, uh, Deadpool 11 by Joe Kelly. Uh, With great power must come great coincidence is the <laughs> title of the story. Yeah. And basically, the, if you've never read it before, and I don't know why you're listening to this if you haven't read it before, you should go drop this right now and go read it. The premise is, like, Deadpool and Blind Al get sent back through time 
uh, back to a very specific time period. Uh, they get sent back to uh, what's the, the, uh, an issue of Amazing Spider-Man? Do you know the exact issue? It's the one I know. It's the one with Craven. I'm trying to think. It's yeah. It's, in, it's like Craven's like third or it, fourth appearance. It's, it's got to be in the 40s because it's it's clearly you know the the art is done in a John Romita style. So yeah, it's got to it's, it's got to be after issue 39 or so. But yeah, it's, it's like Craven's either third or fourth appearance. So yeah. Well, in whatever case, since like you know Deadpool and Spider-Man's like silhouettes are basically identical. Like you know they can edit Deadpool into the art like basically wherever Spider-Man is and like he uses like a hollow projector to like disguise himself as Peter Parker for the story so like whenever any scene they have Peter Parker in they just sub in Deadpool's dialogue for Peter Parker and uh, the result is pretty like like unbelievably hilarious because this is one of those issues that like every time I reread it, not only do I like laugh again at jokes I've already read, but like I notice other things that just make me laugh. And like like every time I read this issue, it just makes me laugh. And it's definitely like I said, probably not just a like one of my favorite Deadpool comics, but one of my favorite comics of all time. Yeah, I, I remember my my buddy handed this comic to me, and and after that for weeks we were like cuckoo baby cuckoo, you know, <laughs> and shit like that. Um, I did just look it up because I wanted to know for sure. I I was pretty close. Um, it's Amazing Spider-Man forty-seven is basically what it I... it uh you know basically uh mimics and 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 homages. I also love, like, the fact that, like, even though, like, Marvel has a sliding, like, timeline, basically, like, like they treat it like it's the 60s with all, like, the, the you know, the slang and, like, all, uh, everything, like, in that time period. And, yeah, like, I, I look, Deadpool, yeah, Deadpool's like, like what, are, what are they saying? What are they talking like, about? He can't decipher it and stuff. And then, like, later on, he's like, all oh, these guys are such total squares. And he's like, oh, no, I'm starting to talk like them, like yeah like there's so many things in this issue that i could like point out that i could laugh at i don't like i i just reread it I, this I, week I love, uh, I, I love like blind owls like ongoing commentary about how like ignorant and frail aunt may is <laughs> she's like I think yeah, she's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, like, the story opens up with, like, Deadpool and Blind Al being dumped out of the time portal onto Aunt May. So Deadpool's like, oh, look, this 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 fragile little bitty broke our fall, like, and stuff. So, like, Blind Al, like, takes Aunt May's place, and, like, Deadpool takes, like, in a, in a, another, like, hilarious scene, like, he, Deadpool's like, well, I got, if Peter Parker, like, if I'm going to disguise myself as him, I got to get rid of Peter Parker. So, like, he, like, makes a phone call to Peter Parker, like, or he calls, like, a, a pay phone that Peter Parker happens to be walking by, and he just tells him, you know, like, oh, like, out there in the dump or something, like, there's something that, like, you should see, like, go hang out there for a few hours, and, like, Peter Parker's like, I wonder, like, how that man knew that I was going to be passing this, like, exact, like, phone booth, but whatever, you know, Aunt May says these things happen for a reason, so he just, like goes off and like Deadpool's like, you know, what a maroon like <laughs> Yeah. He's like I love it. he's like what a maroon, I love the past. But um yeah, th there's so many funny things like the the one the thing that made me laugh like this time, like this like millionth time I read the issue pretty much was um when like Deadpool goes as Peter Parker like to this party that Gwen Stacy is throwing <laughs> and like Craven like uh, yeah. 
party crashes it, like, and he busts through the wall, right? So, like, in the actual comic, like, Peter Parker does his usual, like, oh, I'll run out and duck away, as, come back as Spider-Man and stuff. And they use that panel, but, like, in this, like, in the as Deadpool as Peter, like, he, he runs away and his thought bubble is, like, no one will, like, bat an eye if a wimp like Parker runs away and his, like, word bubble is, eek, I'm out of here! Like, so, I don't know that... <laughs> It's so funny. It's funny too how how Weasel was one of the you know supporting characters, and then he actually goes and finds like you know Weasel, you know the young Weasel or whatever, and it's like he was almost like gonna be like a normal good human being until he ran into you know Deadpool <laughs> as Peter Parker. Yeah, he, he turns totally into like Weasel. Yeah, messed up everything and everything. But I I mean we we love we love the the. I, I know I love the whole, you know, Harry Osborne stuff because he can't even understand what the hell he's saying because it's all this 60s slang and everything. It's like, hey, what's the scam? <laughs> it's one of his hair like, I thought you'd be singing with the squares. He's like, what? Hanging with the hard cases. Rapping with the rooms. He's like, what the hell's with your hair? He's like, are you having a seizure speak English? <laughs> Oh, I love it. And I love I love my my favorite was like uh <laughs> my favorite is like when Mary Jane comes over and and or or like Blind Al is like they think she's Aunt May and she comes I mean, over she, and yeah. and then fucking Mary Jane like comes over and just starts fucking dancing and shit. And <laughs> Blind Al's like thinking to herself like, she's so young to be involved with the crack. <laughs> the best the best part of that scene is like every scene where blind l is like talking on the phone you see mary jane <laughs> and it's just like dancing they were, in the background they repeated the same like mary jane dancing but they just like mirrored it in yeah, each and like like blind Al's like talking to Deadpool like over the phone and he's like you know like Anna Watson's niece is here and like between the two of them they don't have enough brain power to toast bread like I always thought that was funny <laughs> when, when he sees Harry's dad and he's like oh my god there's two of them with that fucking haircut <laughs> yeah I was just about to say the uh the uh Craven and Spidey face off is hilarious too because like like, Spidey actually takes Craven kind of seriously sometimes. He'll, he'll still make quips and stuff, but, like, Deadpool, like, he's just, like, so mean to his costume. I like, there's, like, a panel where, like, Craven, like, like what do you call it, like, punches at, like, Spider-Man, but Spider-Man, like, jumps out of the way. But, like, it, it's like they didn't take into account, like, what are you, John Romita maybe didn't take into account, like, they were fighting, like, on a, like, half-finished, like, skyscraper or building. So, yeah, like, Deadpool's yeah, Deadpool's commentary on that is like, whoa, I hate when I take a wild swing and then fall 40 stories to my death. It, it is, like, seriously, I mean, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it is definitely, definitely one of my favorites. Just because when you read it, I, I think this is the problem The problem with Spider-Man. When you read this, you're like, why is Deadpool so much funnier than Spider-Man nowadays? Like, why is Deadpool, like, you know, even Dan Slott, you know, I, I like Dan Slott. I think he's a good writer. But like you guys said, you know, too big for his britches. And when I read this, I actually got like that Spider-Man, you know, vibe. I was like, you know, this is like just, you know, a jerk ass Spider-Man. This is Peter Parker if he's an asshole. You know? 
Yeah, I, I mean, I really do think this was at the apex of, of Joe Kelly writing Deadpool as hilarious. I mean, this is just... The, you know, and it, and and it's kind of in good fun too. I mean, it doesn't, you know, like I, I mean, you know, of course we're we're always hesitant. Everybody says they're hesitant to use this, you know, like you know, obviously this this didn't quote unquote rape my childhood of Spider Man or whatever. I mean, I love, you know, Stanley John Romita Spider Man. I mean, you know, it's not it's not like it's not like this is disparaging it's almost like a loving gag it's like we love it so much you know all this kind of kooky dialogue and and 60s slang and just the fact that you know the the girls are airheads and all this kind of stuff i mean it's it's to me it's done in good fun i mean it's not like it's not like they're being mean-spirited about it either and and it it, it, it's like you can tell there's a a love for the material but also they are you know sparing no expense to to take any you know crack any jokes that they can as well yeah, they're 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 poking fun at it, but they're poking fun at it in like a way of like, you know, we love this stuff as a kid. You know, this is what we grew up on, but it was kind of silly. You know, like we're 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 making fun of it, but only because we loved it, not because we think it's crap. You know, they're like, we love these stories, but imagine if Deadpool went back to this time and this is what he would do. You know, it's not like yeah, it's not done maliciously. It's really funny. Yeah, like I, I also like I said, I like when they kind of like they make fun of like sort of the logistics of like the artwork where like in one one <laughs> yeah. panel, like Craven's just walking down the street in his full like jungle attire or whatever. And then like it changes to him like visiting like Osborne Industries and he has all of a sudden he has a trench coat on and like the caption is like <laughs> that Craven goes to Osborne Industries after a quick stop at the coat shop, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, they 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 pick up on all those like you know, it it would be like if somebody watched Transformers, the original like you know nineteen uh, eighties cartoon, and you know put in some random funny character or whatever, but and they they point all the animation mistakes, but they were like yeah, not making fun of it in a bad way, but just like you know suddenly there's seven star screams. I guess he like got bored one day and made clones. You know, it's just like it's, it's just it it it's it's really a love letter to like you know the sixties and seventies, but. It's still funny as hell. It's just hilarious. It's a great issue. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I know. You know, it's it's kind of. Um, I I know it's kind of maybe ostentatious or something to be like, well, how come CBR guys didn't vote this as the number one story? But I mean, I really did kind of have that vibe of like. You know, and, and, you know, maybe it's unfair, you know, I haven't really read much of the Posein Dugan run or anything like that. But, you know, I, I did kind of get that idea of like, what the fuck? Why is this the number one story? <laughs> you know, yeah. Cause I was like, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. I couldn't help but think like, dude, this is genius. You know, and it's like, I, I guess they gave Joe Kelly a lot of love on that list. Yeah. A lot of people voted for yeah. a, lot, a lot of his stories. So so it's not like. That, that he did not get any representation. But I, I do, I guess, just feel like sort of awestruck where I was like, wait, what? Like, doesn't everybody think this is like the greatest comic ever? Because it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I said, that 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 story that did one win number one, like I enjoyed reading it, but I was like, really? Like, you know, I was kind of like, I mean, it's good, but it's not like the best, I'd say. I mean, I, I sort of tend to think like you do, like that, like this even though I'd say I enjoy all of Joe Kelly's run and it'd be hard for me in a Deadpool list to single out 
you know, just, you know, one issue like this uh, in such a great run. I do think that I agree with you where if I was doing a list of like my favorite all time single issues of comic books, I mean, you know, for, for me, you know, it's probably always going to be, you know, the anatomy lesson, you know, that's going to always be like one of my top favorites or whatever, you know, but, but this is to me, for the same reasons that you're saying that you can always come back to it. You can always find something new. It's like, it's not one of those things where it's funny and it only makes you laugh the one time. It's like, it's funny and you can keep coming back to it and keep laughing and keep chuckling, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a good fart joke. It's like, there's fart jokes you can hear and you're like, ah, oh, that was a fart joke. Ah. But there's just some fart jokes, no matter like how, silly or you know like brilliant they are like when you hear that fart joke you're just like that's funny and like that's that's what this issue is it's like the, the same jokes are still funny and that that's really good writing that when you make a joke and it's still funny after you read it like you know a dozen times and it's still funny that's that's just really good writing I love I love when they're leaving back to go back to the future and uh like blind, like Deadpool's like what do you think will happen to Aunt May like Al and Blind Al's like you know she'll probably have like fifty or sixty heart attacks and finally go insane like over Peter or whatever so yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it hits all the tropes because that that was all the tropes in the sixties and seventies is like you know it like it's knowledge too is like that's that's one of the things you gotta like about Joe Kelly. He knew this story. He knew like what happened, and he was so familiar with it that he was able to poke fun at those tropes, like Gop may be in frail, you know, Peter Parker like juggling his social life, but still, and like he's still kind of a nerd in this this run of Spider-Man. It's like this is still early on, so he's not, you know, cool like kind of cool Peter who you know works at the Daily Bugle and people know who he is and stuff. And when you see like people make fun of like. You know, like a, a popular thing right now is everybody always picks on the whole uh, with great power comes great responsibility like tagline. You know, they're like, it's been done to death. And duh, duh, duh. You know, yes, that wasn't brought up in this issue. But if he had picked it, if he had picked that issue where that was said, he probably would have made fun of it and everybody would have laughed. And it would have just been that thing. You know, everybody knows the Spider-Man character so well that picking on those tropes isn't, you know, to me, is it disrespectful? It's like. We just know this guy, and this this shit is funny, you know. We're 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 picking on someone we love. We're picking on Peter Parker because you know he's kind of a doofus sometimes. Yeah. So why don't we why don't we take a, a small break, and then when we come back, we're gonna start talking about some of our our least favorite Deadpool storylines, and maybe also go into some some cartoon video games and maybe some toy stuff as well if we feel like it. So uh, stay tuned, guys. Ooh. In fact, I think we should record a promo about all the changes to the Fire and Water Podcast Network happening this year. What do you think, Rob? That's a great idea. We can mention the new folks joining the network and all the shows. I can talk about how we'll continue with our Aquaman and Firestorm show, and I want to be sure to plug my movie show, the Film and Water Podcast. What about you, Ryan? Oh, I think we should definitely record a promo. I'll mention how the Secret Origins Podcast is joining the Fire and Water Network, and then I'll introduce my newly relaunched shows, Give Me Those Star Wars and Power of Fishnets, the Black Canary and Zatanna Podcast. Sound good to you, Chris? 
Absolutely. I'll mention the show I record with my lovely wife, Cindy, Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. We should probably also mention the Power Records podcast Rob and I do, too. What about you, Siskoid? Well, sure. I can talk about my ensemble show, the Lonely Hearts Romance Comics podcast, and my new upcoming shows about the DC Comics crossover event, Invasion, and yes, oh, hot move. Shag, you think we should mention Hero Points, the most occasional DC Heroes role-playing podcast? Sure, why not? And I can talk about Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe, and mention my new upcoming show, Justice League International, Wahaha podcast. Now, Here's what I'm thinking. When we record, I'm fine being the first person talking. I can explain all the changes to the Wait network. a minute, wait a minute, wait. Why do you get to start the promo? I'm just as much of a part of this as you are. It was my idea to create the Fire and Water podcast back in 2011. I should start off this promo. I kind of think it should be one of the new voices who kick off the promo. It'll shock the listener into attention if it's not Rob or Shag. Cindy and I make up two people in the network. Plus, you know, ladies first, so we should be the first people talking on the promo. Ben voyons donc. You have what? got uh, what? to no, no, French French cannot be the Enough! Stop it. You're like boys with toys. Let's just make this simple. We can tell the folks at home the Fire and Water Podcast Network is growing in 2016. Several new shows are joining the network. We'll have a new dedicated website, a Twitter account, and Facebook page. And folks will be able to subscribe to each individual show or all of them. See, now was that so hard? Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available soon through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and fireandwaterpodcast.com. Seriously, Shag, you had to get the last word, didn't you? Hey guys, welcome back. So we are now back and we're here to now discuss the darker side of Deadpool. Okay, so we need to get our ass across this this river of shit somehow. Any ideas? Think, think, think. Wait. Do that again. Do what? That. Oh. We can use our bubbles to jump across. <laughs> well, isn't that handy? So we're going to be taking a look at, I'm going to be asking some of my fellow fan holes what some of their least favorite Deadpool stories are. You know, maybe if you tend to agree with some of our opinions, it'll give you a uh, a little bit of a shield, a warning, you know, to know what to stay away from if you're trying to get into Deadpool. But I think my fellow fan hole, Tony Jackson, just told me that he'd like to issue a small disclaimer before we get into the nitty gritty about our least favorite Deadpool stories. So I'm throwing it over to you, Tony. Warning, the following Deadpool stories may cause such things as irritable bowel syndrome, anal leakage, possible blindness, and also erectile dysfunction. Please be sure that if you have any of these symptoms when reading these Deadpool comics, please consult your doctor. <laughs> Thank you for that. You know, you know what that you know what that reminds me of. I I remember back when we had Thum on the show and we did awesome things, and he was like, "Yeah, I got an awesome thing," and it was like one of those like I I forget which Deadpool miniseries it was. Oh, Dead Deadpool kills the Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's like it's awesome. It's awesome to wipe my ass with, and I was just like, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that was great. So. That's what that reminds me of. So there you go. Ding! That's one Deadpool miniseries y'all can avoid. What about you guys? I, I again, I'm going to throw it to you guys as being preeminent Deadpool fans. I mean, Tony's got a t-shirt and, and Mike knows his business about Deadpool. So I'm going to turn it over to them as far as Deadpool stories that they particularly don't care for. Well, uh, after Kelly's run, like everyone in between Kelly and Simone, like a pretty like 
either like not good. <laughs> like, I'm like I'm like poor Christopher Priest. He doesn't yeah. get it. He gets a bad rap. Yeah. I mean Christopher Priest, like Jimmy Palmiotti, and like Frank Thierry. Like I think. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like like to, for me the names to avoid are, are Frank Thierry, uh, Daniel Way, um, uh, Colin Bunn. You know, like like yeah. those like the fucking plague, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was going to say, like, Daniel Way, like, I feel like he had that one Deadpool story in Wolverine Origins, like that series, and, like, I feel like that got him the job of, like, the new ongoing series. See, you know what's weird Uh, about that is I wrote that down as, like, a potential thing to talk about for least favorite, and I think you know why I did that is, I'm not going to lie, I read Wolverine Origins monthly. I liked Wolverine Origins. I really did. Like, and, and, you know, that's probably odd coming from me. Do you know what I mean? Like, like given, you know, all the ribbing and crap that we've given to Wolverine over the years. But I enjoyed reading that title. But, I, I mean, all I can remember, you know, I, I don't remember specifics about the story, but I feel like that's probably where his double balloon schizophrenia bullshit was introduced. Or yeah, Do you it know was. What I mean? yep. And it's just like, it's just like, I got this gut feeling like, okay, I've been enjoying Wolverine Origins, and I don't mind all the twists and turns he's putting into Wolverine's origin, because, you know, like, they didn't really... I mean, they did flesh some of it out, but it's always been so muddled with the bone claws and all this other horse shit. By, by that point, it was almost like I was desensitized, you know? Like, the whole idea of a classic version of Wolverine had been so you know, butt-raped to that point, it didn't even matter to me. I was just going along Daniel Way's train ride and, you know, Miramusa swords and all kinds of bullshit. You know, I was like, who cares? Like, just take me on this this roller coaster ride and I'm fine with it. But I think when Deadpool showed up, I was just like, are you sure you get this character? Like, you know? And and what's funny is they ended up giving him a book and it ran for fucking three years. And it, you know, except for maybe when he fought with Bullseye in Dark Reign, it was fucking terrible. Yeah, it really, really was. (laughs) It's like, this is what we're talking about, like where Deadpool, like there's no, like, you know, you have to have the two or two or three parts of the equation of Deadpool. You have to, you know, He's a, like, you know, a violent character, you know, he has a sense of humor, but he also has, like, some, like, there's a core of, like, a heart or, like, you know, some form of morality to him. But the morality was gone. desire to be a person, yeah. Yeah, the morality was more or less gone. Daniel Way could not write a joke to save his life, so the humor was gone. And I'd that, say it was just a lot of violence, right? Yeah, exactly. I'd say he yeah. got that part down, but that was about it. And it wasn't even like he couldn't write a joke. It was just like he he. I think he felt like that multiple personality like word bubble stuff would like just be the funny stuff like, and he just would he could yeah be like lazy. he was trying like, to like he was trying to sail on like schizophrenia is funny, you know, and yeah. you're just kind of like no no not yeah. really no yeah and and Deadpool's never been a schizophrenic until you just like forced it down our throats like yeah i i don't know like yeah i've never really i never took to it and the funny part is it's not like i didn't give it a chance i mean this again was a book that i was i was reading unfortunately i mean you know i i I read a lot of those at the time i mean i read deadpool team up and i read 
Merc with a mouth. And I think the only reason why I kept reading that was because of the doctor with the big hoo-hahs, you know? It was like, <laughs> it was like I don't think I thought the book was any good. I just was kind of like, oh, hey, yeah, she's kind of cute, you know? And that was about it. It's almost like, you know, I, I guess it would be tantamount, and I'm not saying this is true of me. I love watching Arrow. But, I mean, it would probably be tantamount of somebody saying, oh, I watch Arrow because I think Felicity is, is hot or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, that was the only reason wow, they were doing awesome. it. You know what I mean? And, and, and like I said, it's not true of, of me. Like, I like watching Arrow. But it is true of Deadpool Merc with a mouth. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things, like, like you're saying, you didn't care for Agent X too much. I, I like that cowgirl that he always hung out with, though. Oh, Outlaw? Yeah, like, I was always like, hey, Outlaw's pretty hot. You know, like, even if this story kind of isn't going anywhere, like, Udon draws are pretty sexy and... I like her, you know, like, so it's like there were those aspects that maybe brought me to the book or kept me, you know, semi-attentive, as it were. But, I mean, as far as the official stuff, I, I can't say I cared for either of those too Noah, much. Noah, Noah was also an immediate turnoff for that series is, like, Cable and Deadpool, like, left Deadpool in a pretty, like, healthy place. Like, and he had, like, a, a big supporting cast and, like, you know, he was pretty, like, at peace yeah. with himself. And then when Daniel Way's series opens up, he's just, like, living by himself in some, like, ruined building or something. And I'm like, wait, what happened? Like, he was running Agent X or Agency X at that point because, like, Hayden, Alex Hayden had, like, become like an obese big slob yeah, yeah. It's like hydra or i forgot aim or hydra infected him with something that like made him into like a giant obese like sumo wrestler yeah guy. I, so. I remember that part of it it's like i yes. I, I have to be honest like i i did not follow cable and deadpool on a regular basis but i know i started following it either around or a little bit after civil war so i i kind of remember this stuff yeah and then, like, you know, he had Bob, like, Agent of Hydra, and, like, Weasel, and, yeah, like, Outlaw, and, like, his his, his secretary from the uh, Simone run, uh, Sandy, and, like, they he had a, like, nice little, like, supporting cast around him, and then all of a sudden, they're, like, the next month, they're totally ditched, and, like, no one knows what happened to them and anything, and I don't think, like, Daniel Way brought Bob back a couple times, but I don't think, like, or and maybe Weasel, like, once or twice, but I don't think anyone else was ever addressed. Like, when people talk about, you know, Marvel doesn't do reboots and stuff, I mean, to me, I, I sort of point to that. Like, it, it kind of reminds me of how they treated Ghost Rider at some point. Because it was like, you, you had Johnny Blaze, and then he told his story, and then you had Dan Ketch, and at some point during the Dan Ketch run, they brought back Johnny Blaze, even though he wasn't Ghost Rider, and then they went through a couple things, the title took a different turn, Howard Mackey sort of retconned that turn into a dream in a random issue of Spider-Man. And then the next time <laughs> you saw Ghost Rider in, in the millennium, you know, the 2000s, it was just like, I'm Johnny Blaze, I'm the Ghost Rider. And you're like, okay, oh, you know, like, yeah. like, okay, like, it basically it was like, we don't want to deal with that baggage, so we're, this is how it is now. And it feels like the Daniel Way series was very similar. We don't want to deal with the baggage you know, and, and to, to a lot of people, like you're saying, the supporting cast was not baggage. It was whether it was a sexy girl like Outlaw or just a character that you'd come to know and love and, and think was part of the supporting cast like Bob or Weasel or whoever, you know, the comic relief or something like that. But it seemed like to him, like those characters, you know, it was just, oh, we want we don't want to deal with that baggage. Fuck that shit. And then it's like, I'm going to tell my own thing now. 
you know, and it's like without well, like any, said, you know, was like um, earlier, I was going to say earlier, like, you know, I mentioned like Deadpool works best when he works off people and him working off himself as a schizophrenic, you know, like he had had thought bubbles before where he would say stuff addressing the fourth wall, but it was Wade Wilson. You know, it was him. He was like, you know, I'm addressing the fourth wall. It's me. And then when they made it like, <clears throat> you know, this other voice addressing the fourth wall. It was like, it's just this guy talking to himself, and it's not funny. It, he has no one to work off of. It's it's not entertaining. Well, it's, I feel like like Dugan and uh, Posehn, like, kind of like, it's like they took that concept but made it work. Because, like, for the first, like, half of Dugan and Posehn's, like, uh, run, or maybe not half, but a good portion of it, um, Deadpool has in his head, like, the voice of this female, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that, like, died, like, on his watch, and I forgot, her, her mind got transferred into his brain, so he, he does have an ongoing, like, like, conversation with someone, like, you can't see, but it's an actual character, basically, so, like, I thought well, that yeah, worked. Well, he's aware of it, right? Yeah. Is he aware yeah, of it? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, with this, like, he's, like, yeah, like, what Derek said, he's just schizophrenic, he thinks it's himself, but he, you know... He thinks it's, you know, bad Wade, you know, big bad Wade, not like, you know, good Wade, you know, he, he, he's not aware of it. The, the other thing that's funny is the retcon, obviously, is that it's Madcap, right? So, so, and I think if you go back and read Daniel Way's run, since that's never, was never the intent, like, it, that, that's almost, I mean, it, it, I guess it's great to get rid of it, you know, like, I'm, I'm kind of glad they got rid of it, yeah. you know. And I, to me, it's it's tantamount to somehow getting rid of Bone Claws or you know Spider Man being a goober ever <laughs> yeah. since fucking uh, he made a truce with Venom or something. You know what I mean? But like it's something I thought it'd be impossible to get rid of, but somehow they did. You know, and I was like, okay, great. You know, like like that's awesome. You know, because you know at, at some point you're thinking, oh, you know, this is going to be a staple of Deadpool forever, and it's going to especially you know, when they made that video game. Like yeah. I was like, oh God, no, like. It's it was like written by Daniel Way and based on like Daniel Way's like you know hmm. Deadpool and I was like oh no like that's gonna reach a whole what? new audience who thinks Deadpool is that's, like this, that's how he's supposed yeah. to be you know what's funny is I fully intended to try and play that game before we did this show and I haven't yet but you know who knows maybe I'll I'll play some of it and stick it up on our our Twitch account or something like that in the future but I I just couldn't find the time for it but i do remember when that trailer came out having the same reaction as you did is oh man ways right in this like it can't be that good you know i, I remember I, I watched like the uh there's just on youtube I'm, I'm sorry you can find this on youtube it's not hard you can watch all the cutscenes, and there is some funny moments there really is and i think daniel way may have you know done a little bit more research and done some homework but it still doesn't feel quite like Deadpool. I mean, you know, he, he does say some funny stuff. But, you know, like, like one thing I don't really like about Deadpool now, the current Deadpool, and one of the things I'm really worried about with the movie is I don't like him cussing all the time. I know that sounds like an old, old like, you know, fuddy-duddy, but I don't. I don't need to hear Wade Wilson say, you know, fuck yeah, or I fucking killed you. It's like, well, yeah, you, you would think by from all the trailers and stuff that he like swears like a sailor or something, but that's not really ever been the case. Yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't cuss a lot, you know, I mean, he's, he's, he's got a dirty mind, he's kind of a pervert, you know, he's, he's, he says stuff that is inappropriate, but 
it's clever and appropriate, you know, it's like, you know, stuff that's like, oh, I got that joke. It's never just like, you know, oh, you fucked your mother. I hate you. It's like, no, man, it's not like that crass. So that's one thing I am worried about for the movie to, to tie in the movie. But also with the Daniel Wade Deadpool game is like he kept saying fuck all the time. And I'm like, OK, first of all, that's my gimmick. I say fuck all the time. Don't steal my shit, Deadpool. And second of all, it's just, yeah. <laughs> And saying, well, that's just, yeah, that's not part of the character. He's never been, like, you know, a guy who cusses all the time. I don't know. It, it seems like a crutch because Daniel Way's not funny, so. Yeah, 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 you say fucking is funny. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. He said fuck. <laughs> fuck you, fuck. It's like those comedians I always used to see that were horribly unfunny. And then they'd turn on the audience and be like, fuck you, fuckers. I'm totally funny, fuckers. And I'd be like, you're not helping, man. Yeah. <laughs> you're not helping your case. <laughs> yeah. You know? So I, I, I yeah. guess I, I don't want to I don't want to rag on Daniel Way all night, but I, I think something that Tony already brought up and, and I think I'm secret brothers with him as well is in, in the tandem. I'm not going to say any of those series that came out post 2008 were, were really great, except for the ones that I did mention in, in my list of favorites. And, and there's there's a number of miniseries that have come out from from 2008 to, to now to 2016, you know, and and and, you know, some of them I've just been like skip, skip skip and some of them i've read and been like oh man this is atrocious or i i don't know if you'd even call them miniseries i mean at one point in 2008 i felt like deadpool had like three or four ongoing books essentially yeah. i mean i mean the team-up book was essentially it, it ongoing. Was, it was literally everywhere yeah you know Mer merc with a mouth was essentially ongoing there was like the uh, there was something called like suicide something oh, suicide kings it was kings. that was a mini that was a mini series yeah. you know i mean there, there, it was, he was very very did you, oversaturated. Did you read Suicide Kings, Derek? I, I did, but I, I don't remember much about it. I was going to say, because Outlaws Outlaw actually in that. I don't I don't remember that I cared for it all that much. Like, like I know I know I read it at the time, but I can't... I, I don't have any distinct memory. The only, th the only thing I remember was that, like, Tombstone was the bad guy. Oh, okay. And yeah, like, he yeah. fin like, he finally scores with Outlaw in it, basically. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I sort of remember, like, vaguely, but it, yeah, I think it felt like one of those things where it was like, oh, yeah, Outlaw's kind of good looking, and oh, yeah, that doctor's kind of hot. You know, like, it was just like, that was all I sort of probably, you know, took away from those. And, and to me, like, that's not... That, that, that's not worthy of putting something on a favorite list. You know what I mean? No, like, yeah. like, like it needs no. to have, yeah, it needs to have a little more than that, you know, going on, you know, and everything. And of course, another one the, the only good thing I can say about this title is that Rob Liefeld actually penciled like, what was it like 10 or 11 issues in a row? Yeah, like I mean, that's almost like fucking unheard of. Like, what did he sell his fucking he, soul? He, he consistently put out a monthly book. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Like that, that, that. I, I mean, you know, as as awful as the art was, like it was monthly and consistent. Like, so I mean, man, like that's kind of. I, I mean, the, the, I haven't seen the the likes of that since Hawk and Dove. You know? <laughs> like, you know, like what the hell? But anyway, uh, you know, Deadpool core. It has to be, without yeah. a doubt, like, one of the worst fucking Deadpool series ever done. It, it sounds, it's, it's, it's like so much of a Larry concept. It's like, everybody likes Deadpool, right? Why don't we have a whole team of Deadpool? So, like, <laughs> Deadpool goes across the universe. The different dimensions, he gets Finpool, he gets Kid Deadpool, and he gets Headpool, who is just a floating Deadpool head. 
and they go on adventures, and it's just as fucking goddamn horrible as it sounds. What about the dog? There's a dog too, right? Oh yeah, a dog pool, dog pool. Yeah, <laughs> dog I forgot about dog pool. And on Lady Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Deadpool with tits and a fucking ponytail. You, you know what's just... funny? Since since I, I'm sorry, I just want to interject this while we're talking about Lady Deadpool. Since I am not very familiar with the Posein run and and the Dugan run and his wedding, like I didn't know, like because when I was reading all those Secret War tie-ins, there's one of them called Mrs. Deadpool and the Howling Commandos, and I thought, you know, I had just seen the title of it and I was reading it digitally and like I was thinking like, oh yeah, like Lady Deadpool, right? I, and I'm thinking in my head like the Lady Deadpool from the Deadpool core is going to team up with you know, the, the the monsters and everything, right? But then when I opened it up, I'm like, who the fuck is this? And then, you know, like now I sort of understand like, oh, that's, you know, that's his wife. You know, that's who he married in that run, which I never read. But at the time, I was just kind of like, who is this now? She's like a queen vampire or some shit. Yeah, know? yeah. She's like, she's like, she's kind of like yeah, Morgan. Like, I figured you might like her, Derek, because she's kind of like Morgan. She's like a succubus. Or... Yeah, I, I mean, I saw like in that miniseries, yeah. like she, she basically, it was like she was, she was promised uh, Frank Thierry's version of Dracula from the Avengers Assembled cartoon. And then I guess in that alternate, you know, battle world universe, it's like he, he beats Deadpool, so then, like, she's the one leading the resistance or whatever, so yeah. it's like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, I got the idea. Like, it's not hard to, to follow it or anything, but I think I had that. I just thought it was, like, a funny gut reaction because my, my expectation was it was going to be that lady Deadpool, you know, from, from you know, the series we're talking about now, the Deadpool core that was going to be, you know, <laughs> in, in that miniseries. Just, and then when it wasn't, I was like, oh, okay. Like, this isn't just, what I was expecting. Just a, a good moment with her, which I think I posted on Bot Talk, was in the recent uh, Deadpool and Cable split second series, where, where Deadpool comes home and, like, he finds her, like, like wearing a sweatshirt. And he's like, what are you doing, woman? Like, Spider-Man's wife used to wait for him in, like, negligee and stuff. <laughs> He's like, oh man, like I can't have this in my house. <laughs> yeah, God. Uh, but yeah, uh, as far as Deadpool Corps, they also had a spaceship. Yeah, just let you know. I, I mean, I'm sorry, I keep going back to Deadpool Corps, but just like <clears throat> I read like a couple issues, I couldn't even get through. I don't know how many issues it ran, Mike. How long did it run? A Deadpool it was like, core, what, like ten or eleven, right? Yeah. I mean, it was almost like a man, like we it was almost like a year's worth of issues. That's why we, I said I said I, I have to give it up for Rob Liefeld for actually like doing that many issues in a row. In a row. Now we give we give Wolverine like grief for being on like fifty million teams, but like Deadpool was like you know in space <laughs> and like doing all these other things and having team ups and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, he's on the X. Uh, yeah, Kenny Esquire, and he's got a Deadpool core. It's just, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's not even a wilderness time. It's just a crap time. It's just, and, and I, 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 think, I think I think those years, like especially like two thousand eight to 
2010-2011 are like the the oversaturation years you know it's just like it's like they just went on overload and it's like one of those things where it's like like i understand like a character's popular he guest stars in some titles he's got a good selling title but it's just like they really i mean it reminds me of like when when morrison's jla run was really popular and then they just thought oh as long as we slap jla on the cover of any fucking thing it'll sell you know and it's just like no man yeah. like you're gonna dilute your brand i mean i remember them having that conversation about marvel knights you know and it was like one of those things where it's like don't just slap that brand on just anything man because we're trying to make this like this quality product you know that when people see that that seal you know they're gonna know it's gonna be some good shit and like almost instantly you know when smith and and quesada's daredevil run sold it's like immediately the higher-ups were like quick Let's bust out this old dusty Moon Knight one shot that has been sitting in the drawer as a filler story and slap <laughs> a Marvel Knights label on it. And they're like, no, you fucking assholes. That's like exactly what we told you not to fucking do. And I think I think a lot of the stuff in this time was just slap a Deadpool on it and fucking send that shit out, you know, because <laughs> yep. it was like, yeah. come on, man. Like, like I said, like, the only thing from that time period that I liked was, like, Uncanny X-Force. So it's, like, like the, it's the sheer volume of stuff. You'd think there would be some kind of, like, standout stuff, but there wasn't. Yeah. I mean, like I said, yeah, I, mean, it got I, 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 I found, you know, my my things, you know, and, and they're very far and few between. But, you know, like I said, I liked, besides, like, you know, I, I enjoyed reading Uncanny X-Force with you guys for the show and everything like that and then i really did enjoy reading the the yost and uh, craig kyle x-force series and yeah deadpool you know briefly showed up in that and and for whatever reason i liked that that hulked out heroes thing because i thought it was funny to see deadpool as the hulk even though most of that shit got really tired really fucking fast you know seeing everybody hulked out are, are, you, are you guys like happy that deadpool has kind of gotten over that like you know oversaturation phase where he's used a little bit more wisely now and he's like well know, he, I, he, I, like, I don't know i mean i, I mean i'm glad it, i'm glad yeah. he's got i'm glad he only has essentially a single solo title i mean i'm definitely glad that that's the case but i i don't know about not over i mean because it's like what he's a I mean, I'm sorry. He's an Avenger now. Like, come yeah. on, man. Like, like the, yeah. you know, this this kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, they're they're doing all this stuff in the comics now, where they're trying to shove a lot of shit down your throats. And like, Deadpool being an Avenger is only like the tip of the iceberg. It's like the frosting on a weird cake of all kinds of <laughs> diverse shit they want to push in comics you know and it's just like holy crap like i mean it's like if if that kind of rubs you the wrong way i mean you know there's there's all kinds of other stuff that are purposely thrown into comics just to push people's fucking buttons so it's it's almost yeah. to me it's like ceased being about like a distracting entertainment thing and more about you know whatever you know political topic of the day that they want somebody to think about or push or whatever and you know that's you know i mean for me these days like maybe i'm a curmudgeon old guy or whatever but it's like that's not why i read comics it's like i just want to you know have a good time and yuck it up you know kind of like i i think that's why deadpool 11 is our favorite or like at least me and mike's favorite you know because you know that's something that's like yeah it kind of makes fun of the way the 60s comic was dated 
at the time, but you can keep coming back to it and read it over and over again. There's nothing in that comic that pisses me off. You know, all it does is make me laugh. You know, so it's yeah. like, you Eric, know, I, 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 Eric, are, are you saying that like quality will keep people coming back? What are you on? Yeah, crack? Yeah, I know, I know. I, I just like Mary Jane. I've been, I've been snorting the crack pipe or whatever. <laughs> so, so young, you know. So yeah, exactly. So young, so young. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think for me, I, I still like Deadpool. I really do. And I think he's a fun character. I think it, when he's written well, he's entertaining. I do think, I was actually going to bring this up. A lot of people do make the remark that he's a Spider-Man ripoff, which he totally is. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here saying. I, I don't think he's a says, Spider-Man oh. ripoff as much as he's a fucking Deathstroke the Terminator ripoff. That oh, yeah. got really, really oh, popular. A, a mix. Really funny, you know? Yeah, yeah he's yeah. like a mix of the too but um but you know it's like there's a lot of characters who are like that you know like i mean look at fucking sentry he's basically captain marvel you know he's like a normal guy turns into the century you know it's like like, like comics do this all the time and I, I i really hate that like you know trope of like oh it's a ripoff it's like deadpool has turned into something more though he's not he's yeah. not the terminator yeah. he's not he's no. not stoic he's not yeah yeah no no, no he's I've not spider-man i've got your back on that i'm just saying as far as his original genesis when they were like hey what should we call him well i really like slade wilson so let's call him yeah, yeah. wade wilson i mean that i mean yeah. that that's pretty obvious oh, yeah. but i i won't i won't uh argue with you that Deadpool became more than his original Genesis. I mean, he was just supposed to be, like we said, this kind of maybe slightly witty Boba Fett for X-Force, and he just became this ridiculous force onto himself. I mean, you know, it's funny because I, I listen to, you know, AFB all the time, the Action Figure Blues podcast, and one of the guys on there, Ben, is constantly saying, like, every time they cover either Deadpool or Harley Quinn product on that show, because there's so much of it, whether it's, like, statues or hot toys or whatever it is, he's always kind of like... The world would implode if they just made a DC Marvel Harley Quinn Deadpool miniseries like everybody would buy it, you know, and I think <laughs> I think in some ways like that's, probably, that's probably that's probably true. You know what I mean? It's probably one of those things where it's like that's probably a no brainer. It would print money, you know, for itself. You'd have all the the, the girl fan base who who for some reason are flocking to an insane female role model I'm, i'd be happier if they were you know flocking to like you know felicity or wonder woman or you know speedy or you know wh whatever black canary or whatever character but instead it's like oh who's the preeminent who's the preeminent female in the dc universe uh, a, a crazy lady who wants to be beat up by the joker because she gets off on it okay but you know it's just like all right whatever but um but yeah but but anyway like you know but of course that would sell like hotcakes and 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 then of course you know deadpool is is super popular i mean the only thing i was going to say to you about is his oversaturation gone for good like i don't know because my my attitude on it was in, in catching up with the quote-unquote modern thing, yes, I read the ongoing Deadpool, and yes, I'm glad he only has one ongoing solo book, but of course, I did read the Spider-Man Deadpool, which is a miniseries. I did read Uncanny Avengers, which he is a member of, you know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know if he ends up yeah. showing up in any of the other X-books or whatever, but I, I mean, I imagine he might, so I, I don't know that the oversaturation is gone for good, but it's, it's definitely less from from you know those years we discussed 
Yeah, well, so, I, I think my biggest thing is, is like, I don't want Deadpool to hit that. Well, I mean, he almost did. I mean, he came very close in those years, the oversaturation years. But I, I don't think a lot of the fans realize, uh, you know, fans of this podcast and fans of uh, comics in general, one of the reasons I hate Wolverine so much is not because of Logan or, you know, friggin' whatever his name is. Um, the character, James Howlett, I don't hate the character. I just, there was, there was a time where I could not get the fuck away from him. It was like, I would read a comic and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm reading West Coast Avengers. Gaston and Wolverine. I'm like, okay, get the fuck away from me. I'm reading Spider-Man. Gaston and Wolverine. And I'm just like, I don't want that to happen to Deadpool because, you know, I want to enjoy him. And, you know, that's, that's why I get pissed off with, that's why I got pissed off with Wolverine. He's like, definitely ebbed a little bit. You know, he's still popular when he's dead now, but um, he'll probably be back, obviously. But, you know, for a long time, you, you couldn't shake a stick without seeing Wolverine in some comic. And I don't want that to happen to Deadpool, and it got really close to that at some point. And it's not the character. It's it's the oversaturation, like you said. You know, you get fed something so much. It's like, I love Doritos. It's like, what have you eaten for the last month? Doritos, I'm kind of sick of them. And, you know, you just you get tired of that, you know? It's like, how about a truckload of Doritos? It's like, ah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, good buddy. It's me, Deadpool. I shot you. I um, I, I thought maybe if, if this, this part of it, the whole least favorite part of the show is kind of dying down, I, I thought it is kind of worth mentioning that, uh, that I thought Nolan North as Deadpool and Hulk versus Wolverine was probably one of my favorite Deadpool performances to date. I mean, obviously, I'm sure Ryan Reynolds, you know, yeah. he was he was probably a great Deadpool in Wolverine Origins for all of like five minutes. And obviously, like all these trailers and bumpers and ads are, are pretty hilarious. I mean, I'm sure he's he's pitch perfect for that role and everything. So I have no doubt that, you know, he'll be funny and entertaining as Deadpool. But I, I also did want to mention that for a character that I probably as a comic purist might have the gut reaction of ew deadpool doesn't belong in hulk 181 where hulk fights wolverine they're adapting that and deadpool's in it like how dumb you know he turned out to be like the 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 show stealer of that yeah he was like the highlight of that and and so uh you know i think that is um I, I, I guess hey, it's just a hey, test hey, Logan. to how good his performance was, I think. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, he's hilarious at that. If, if you don't ever talk about what he says, Hulk Wolverine, I mean, I'm sure you, people listening know about this, but there is a couple of uh, one-shot Marvel animated series uh, done for DVD, and one of them was uh, Hulk versus Wolverine. It was, it, like Derek said, it was supposed to mimic the first appearance of Wolverine, kind of updated, and it's Wolverine fighting the Hulk, obviously. And then uh, Wolverine gets his ass kicked, and he's sent to what you would assume is uh, Project X, you know, the the whole, you know, what made him in the first place. But they, they recapture him, you know. You've got, like, Lady Deathstrike and Deadpool and, you know, all these baddies and stuff. And Deadpool's in it, and he is really funny, you know. He, like, gets his arm cut off at one point, and it's sliced into, like, you know, quarters because of Wolverine's claws, how they're, they're, they're formed. And he's trying to put his arm back together. He's like, oh, I put it together the wrong way. <laughs> I love when he's like, you know, Logan, we missed you around here. Nobody calls me Bub anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
he was he was good. I mean, I you know, it's it's funny because I think he went on to be like me, Superboy, angry, never learned to read. But man, yeah. he was he he was awesome. Like he as, was as he was why like the only reason why I would have looked forward to a second season of Wolverine and the X Men because mm. like if he did Deadpool was yeah. supposed to show up on that, yeah. but not a. But okay. oh, wow. uh, he was he was also good as Deadpool in like the Marvel versus Capcom game. Oh yeah 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 yeah. He's yeah. a he's extremely hilarious. Bang 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 bang. Yes, annoying but hilarious. Well, yeah, well that that that's Deadpool. He's he's supposed to be annoying but hilarious. Yeah, that 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 is definitely something you guys should check out because the animation's good and Deadpool is good. I I still like that one part at the end where he's like crawling out of the ashes and it's like I lived. I lived. I lived. And he gets stomped on by the Hulk. As he's jumping away. Yeah, that's yeah. it's great. It is. I mean, that was that was really one of the. I mean, I I can't say I'm a fan of a lot of those Marvel directed video ones, but I remember that one. I was like, yeah, this was this was a good one. You know. I was gonna say, do you guys want to talk about any like action figures or? Yeah, we already yeah, kind of talked about a video game. Kinda. I mean, I mean, we we yeah, we kind of we kind of touched on the video game briefly already. I mean, Mike did bring up the the uh, initial Toy Biz back in the day X Force line subset of of those X Men Toy Biz figures and everything. I would imagine that's probably the first Deadpool toy there ever was, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, was that the one with Duke? No, no, no. Way he before means, that. He means like the old, oh. old school. You know, like when the the, the oh no, no yeah, the three, cartoon three, was on and everything. Oh yeah. You know, they they had like what the those had like what five points of articulation. Yeah, something something like that, like that right? Yeah, I mean there there was that. Um, I mean I I don't know if I I don't know if I I I know enough about Deadpool to do like a great toy history on him. I mean, as far as like toys I own, and I think Mike owns as well, is like the. You know, obviously the one Tony just mentioned, the the Toy Biz Marvel Legend that came with Dupe, um, who is, you know, super hyper articulated to the point where it's kind of ridiculous. And he's got that alternate head with the kind of cancer ridden, burnt up face and everything. And he's got tons of accessories and everything. He's got like yeah, all those, what, like the size and <laughs> the, the rifles and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I guess on the aftermarket now, he's kind of ridiculous. I, um... I somehow ended up getting him for like thirty bucks, but but I know that uh, he's I don't know like he, he it would seem like he'd be a good figure, but I don't know I f- I found him kind of lacking like I I don't like I couldn't his his weapons wouldn't stay like in their proper yeah, places, in their, in their places and like and yeah he was just too fidgety yeah I mean he he does to me suffer from some of those tomato ball joints where he's he's sort of too articulated I mean I. I, and I guess maybe that's part of me being spoiled by having the uh, the red Deadpool, which basically, again, I can give a shout out to our fellow bot talker, Danja, because he was the one kind enough to send that one to me. And um, that I guess that was not part. I mean, I guess it's the same figure as the one in the two pack with Warpath, who I still don't yeah. have you know, silent tear on the uh, <laughs> broadcast or whatever, but, but uh, it's pretty much the same Hasbro Deadpool figure, yeah. but it was, well, it was I, supposed I, to be a variant of that, that X-Force um, version in one of those waves, but it seemed like that variant was only released in, in the United Kingdom. And, and, and Danja of course was nice enough to send that to me. And all, all I was going to say about that is I'm sort of spoiled by that because I, I do think that's probably one of my favorite 
Marvel Legends to this point. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I think it's a lot more streamlined. He didn't have to swap out heads or anything. He holds his weapons a lot better than than that other Deadpool, and he doesn't suffer from the whole, you know, tomato joint syndrome thing. You know, he he seems a little more kind of, uh, you know, I I don't know. He just seems uh, he looks more normal. He looks like a real person. Yeah. It's probably it's probably my favorite Deadpool design too. Like I love when he has I like when he has like the sort of harness with the big like like Iron Man circle on his chest and the the Deadpool face buckle like belt buckle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and do, do you, uh, let yeah. me ask this. Like, here's here's a good like in general Deadpool pool question. Do you like the 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 classic Deadpool with the like Spider Man like skin tight mask? Or do you like the little nub at the end of his mask? I I don't know. I, I guess it hasn't really bothered me either way. I mean, I enjoy the Hasbro one, and that one has the nub, you know? So Yeah. I mean, I, I guess... Just aesthetically speaking, like, I, I think the nub, like, adds something to his, like, it, it differentiates him from, like, from, Spider-Man. From, like, looking yeah, like a little spider yeah. type character. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, have the... I have the Marvel Select version, which is a little bit taller than Legends, which that bugs me a little bit because he's a really good figure, even though he's less articulated. He has good articulation, but he's just not a Marvel Legends uh, level articulation. But he has the nub, and he's got like some weapons. He's got a cool base, and he just looks like Deadpool. And he has the nub, and I'm like, I, they never say it. They never say you know Deadpool's a ninja, but the nub makes him look kind of like a ninja. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Are we are we talking about the same nubs? I'm just curious. Like yeah, I, I I know what nub to- basically. I think Tony's talking about how he's got like the little kind of extra poof on the top of his head. But yeah, I think- that's what I'm talking oh, about. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Why? Right, what you think I was talking? Well, about? Well, I I thought maybe you were referring more to the idea that like that figure focuses on his his nose. You know what I mean? Like to me, when you oh, say like, uh... Spider Man, like sometimes. Like, it's almost like a one-dimensional drawing, like, where Spider-Man kind of has, like, this almost... I'm not going to say, like, it's completely round, but there are those Spider-Man figures where it's kind of like... Kind of a flat face. He's got kind of a flat face, and I was just thinking you were talking more about... Yeah, I mean, I guess it applies to both, you know? He's got, like, the ninja little hoodie on the top, but also, like, for me, it's like, you know... To me, it seems like his his facial structure is more pronounced in the in the Hasbro figure, you know, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I mean, he's he kind of, you know, he's got a nose, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, I like, you know, he, <laughs> he's it's a thing for, like, Deadpool to have, like, you know, his mask to be, like, malleable and show facial expressions, so, like, I, I, that doesn't, like, bother me that much. Yeah, 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 he, he was, like, he, he did look to that kind of Tom McFarlane thing where his eye, his little, little white eye slits can, like, you know, bulge out or like get squinty and stuff yeah i I don't think any of us well i could be wrong because i know mike has a few of the universe ones of of marvel figures and stuff but do do any of us have any universe deadpools or anything like that i I have the first deadpool yeah i have the universe deadpool okay okay any any thoughts on that from you guys he can't, he can't hold, hold any of it. really well. Yeah, he can't hold any of his fucking weapons. Yeah. Uh, awesome, awesome. I I remember there was that one exclusive one year where it was like 
the I guess it was the Deadpool core exclusive where they had like the they came in a box with like the chimichanga truck or something like that. Like like I remember that was something huh. at one point. I think it came with like the dog and Lady Deadpool and some other shit. Some something like that. It was it was a bunch of them, but I think it was all like Deadpools or something. Um but that's that's all I can think of. I mean, I know I know some of the higher end stuff that people are getting excited about. There was like the the sideshow Deadpool like, you know, uh, one six scale and I guess they're doing like a hot toys one maybe for the movie and things like that. So I, I know there's some uh, some bigger higher end ones coming out it, there. It would future. be nice if like yeah, they did some kind of like figure art or Mayfex like Deadpool or you, something. You know what? Like you know that. what some people have been talking about that they crave actually is um and I, I don't know how you guys would feel about this since it involves a lot of cloth goods, but a lot of people were saying they wished somehow that Mezco would get some Marvel licenses to add to their 112 collective you know how they did those the dark knight and judge dread and those star trek figures and things that are coming out and so i know some of the figures that were named by people that they really wish they had like sort of those those cloth sort of one one twelve scale figures you know besides like wolverine and punisher i I remember people saying oh yeah man wouldn't it be great to get a deadpool like that so i I know there's some people out there who have that on their on their wish list as far as like a format we are supposedly getting a new Marvel Legends Deadpool like this year at some point, like in that next upcoming oh. X Men wave. Oh, that that's but, the one that's supposed to have like Rogue and the the Magnificent yeah. Head for the onslaught build so, effect. I would I I would I my guess would be it would be the movie Deadpool, but would would it do either of you have like a like maybe like a wish list like version of Deadpool that you'd like? I'm I'm I, I mean like, I would like a Joe Mad one. Mm. Joe Mad would be cool. I, I, I don't mean to be like that guy, but I, I think I'm I'm at least as of now I'm in that camp where I'm pretty happy with the, the Hasbro one I have and I, I mean I did even go out of my way to get the, the previous Toy Biz one, but I'd still say that, that that one that Dan just sent me is like I'm 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 more than happy with it. I mean yeah. I, I'm not saying like if there was another one that came but, along that I wouldn't you know, that I wouldn't you know, at least give it a fair shake or anything like that. But as far as like figures, you know, I'd be like, I'd be much happier getting like, you know, people that Deadpool has associated with that I really still want, like, you know, Typhoid Mary or Silver Sable or, or Madcap or T-Ray, you know, whatever. Or T-Ray or Ajax. Yeah. So um, there is, uh, I mean, if anybody wants it, I think it looks kind of ugly, but they are making a universe like uh x-men blue and gold deadpool so that that was like the variant in that warpath two-pack too I yeah think. yeah I, yeah, yeah you can have that I, I was just gonna say as far as <clears throat> the marvel select if articulation is not a big point for you i know a lot of people love articulation i myself do actually but um as far as the display piece he looks really good if you just put him up and just like you know set him up really nice put him in you know on your shelf he, he's, he's a really nice looking figure so the marvel select is is pretty good if you don't want to go hot toys expensive or sideshow expensive so cool all right well i i mean unless anybody else has anything to add about maybe toys or things like that i think we might roll over into our what's awesome in your world this week you were recording that weren't you fan hole no <laughs> what do you mean you weren't recording that all right, well, 
I will turn it over to the image-induced Deadpool slapping on a John Romita, Peter Parker image on his face. <laughs> and that is the avatar I'm seeing of Mr. Mike in front of me. So why don't you tell us uh, what is awesome in your world this week, buddy? Uh, this week, uh, I'd like to sh- give a shout-out to uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, the first two episodes of has aired, uh, have aired, and... Uh, you know, it's that the, it's that their third show in their like sort of TV universe that like takes place on this on the CW at least, and I really like like the first the pilot the first two episodes comprised the pilot basically, and like I thought it was a lot of fun. It was like very good action, and it was just the the character interactions were really funny. Like you you wouldn't think like these characters would you know gel so well but like each of them more or less like all of them have had a moment to shine and like it, it's been really fun and i'm looking forward to seeing more of that show yeah I, i'll um, always agree with that somebody brought up uh i don't know if it was either you two it might have been one of you two uh on bot talk that white canary is more enjoyable than she was on the on arrow and i'm like yeah she is <laughs> yeah like her and like professor stein like i feel like they've both gotten like a lot more personality or they've gotten more room to like stretch their legs than they did on their the shows so yeah i i, I feel i'm kind of biased when it comes to professor stein and ray palmer and stuff like that because i yeah. like those characters but i mean i think they definitely like you say i think all the characters got their moments i mean you know the the guy from prison break who plays captain cold is always good on the flash and he's still you know basically his sort of charming nefarious but but having his own sense of honor self on this show you know the guy who plays heat wave is hilarious i mean yeah. you know it's like both those <laughs> guys were on both those guys were on prison break and they, they have good chemistry together and that's great um as far as 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 white canary you know it's like it's like she she has a lot of scenes in arrow that are tough to sit through and i i think some of the line delivery is still like it's a bomb you know like kind of stuff but you know i i, I see what yeah. you're saying like she gets to be a little more like herself you know especially when they go back to the 70s and stuff like that and just kind of you know she gets to be a, a a sex pot who doesn't have to like kick ass and say like you know gruff things all the time you know so it's like okay well that's probably a little <laughs> yeah. more i love mystique, i love you know i think my favorite bit was like the the bar room brawl where heat waves like i love the 70s <laughs> <laughs> you know what i i loved I, I mean even though it didn't work out too well for them i loved that opening fight in the second episode where you know stein's like okay i think it's time and then the atom like zooms out at yeah that was small really... size and does yeah. all this you know, basically, you know, mass density thing where he's punching out all these guys when he's like really tiny and stuff. And I was like, man, that's great. Like, I I mean, I, I basically the, like those kind of things I like because I feel like hopefully that communicates to a, a you know, doubting Thomas audience of like, what's this guy Ant-Man going to do? Like, what's this guy who shrinks the atom going to do? And basically kind of assuages yeah. that like, dude, he can fucking hit you with full force even though he's tiny do you know what i mean like basically it's like he's a locomotive coming right at you and it's like i was like oh that's great like yeah. the way imagine, they... imagine, imagine like a six foot three guy hitting you in the face but he's the size of a tennis ball yeah that would fucking hurt yeah so yeah i mean i i enjoyed the hell out of all that stuff so yeah i i, I do uh i i do echo your sentiments and and i enjoy the series as well yeah it, it, it's it's good dumb fun i i really do enjoy it 
it's probably going to get better too. So I mean, yeah. And hey, uh, speaking of Stein, I think they've even done a good job of Jackson. I think he's progressed really nicely since he had like very little screen time, you know, in Flash. So I like I like like how they're sort of upping the power set for Firestorm and everything, like all the cool things he can do. I mean, because it seemed like on the Flash, like he was dude who like flew around and he could kind of shoot fire out and stuff like that. But in this, it's kind of like I, I kind of feel like, all right, well, Firestorm's showing up. He can handle this shit. Like he's, like, you know, they're kind of stopping his a nuclear bomb. Yeah, you know. So yeah, you suck up a nuclear this, bomb. Yeah, he's yeah. doing all this like cosmic yeah. level, you know, basically the kind of stuff Firestorm would do in the comics, basically. So so. So that's all really cool. All right. Well, uh, if, if if that is what Mike's awesome thing of the week is, I'm going to turn it over to my man, Tony Jackson, and ask him what his awesome thing of the week is. Oh, it's kind of a, a dual threat on the uh, Transformers uh, level, just because Jess is not here, so I can talk about Transformers. Um, <laughs> we, we got a couple images uh, this week um, for, for new toys coming out for... Combiner Wars and also Titan uh, Wars. Titan is going to be the next series coming out from Transformers. Uh, we got to see Mindwipe, which I'm really excited about. I think Mike really liked it too. Um, Mindwipe was one of the original headmasters. Uh, so now we all we we have not only Skull Cruncher but Mindwipe. Hoping for Weird Wolf, just get the triumvirate and you know make me happy. That'd be really awesome. And also, if you are a high-end spender, and unlike me, have already bought most of Bruticus and were a dummy, um, they're making a Blastoff who is actually a space shuttle. So you will actually have the legitimate G1 Combaticons. And I think that's really cool. I don't know if I want to buy it, because I think, it, is it just going to be a gift set, Mike? Or is it going to yeah. be, is it going to be like Defensor? Yeah. Yeah, it's like 120 bucks on like Big Bad. I I actually put a pre-order down for it, but like I'm like depending on like when it comes out and what my situation is, I might cancel it by then. But I figured I might as well just have a pre-order it on it just in case. Well, now, well you, you also were stupid and bought. Yeah, you already you didn't buy any of the Combaticons. Yeah, yeah, no, I I didn't buy any of them yet. Oh, yeah, uh, so. okay. Okay. I was wondering because yeah, so I was wondering if that. it was like one of those things where it was like slingshot where you could just get blast off by himself, but I guess not. I guess they're trying to I guess they're trying to fuck Tony. Yeah, has yes. trying to fuck yep. him. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that you, Tony. Fuck you. That sucks. But uh but 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 at the same time though, I, I I'm I'm happy for like because honestly, I'm gonna get blast off as a jet. I really don't care. I don't have that stigma. Of like, I got Rook on my, my Protectobots, and I like Rook on my Protectobots. I don't need Groove. Groove looks cool. If you like him, that's fine. I'm not mad at anybody for liking that, but I'm okay with Rook. You know, there's certain characters I have more affinity for than others. I really don't care about Groove. Blastoff was never a major character, so I'm still going to buy the jet. I'm still going to like be happy with my Bruticus. But I am happy they're giving the fans what they want. They're giving you a space shuttle. They're giving you a motorcycle. So that's good news for fans. And I'm, I'm happy that, you know, the people who want that are getting that. So that that is pretty awesome news. Cool. Very cool. I, myself, I've got two, count them, two awesome things this week. And it just, they, it just sort of worked out that way. I went to Toys R Us uh, yesterday because I was actually looking for the seeing because I had heard whispers and seen videos and different things like that that the Thunder Megazord for the Power Rangers Legacy line was was sort of 
trickling out into some of the Toys R Us's and stuff like that. And I've always been a fan of that, so I just thought I'd see if it was there or not and just see, you know, see what was around in the store anyway. I went out there, I didn't find that, but what I did notice was that at my Toys R Us locally, the white tiger zord was only 40 bucks and i guess normally it's supposed to be nice. like i don't know like 80 or something i don't know whatever whatever nor it seemed like it was like half price to me yeah so. i think it's double that yeah yeah so so i was like well hey for half price i was like i'll, I'll grab that and i did and it, you know it's pretty cool i mean it's not like it's heavily articulated i mean it has to transform into the the tiger and then the robot but i mean it's it's pretty cool i mean for for the sale price and everything i thought it was pretty awesome and i you know i'm i sort of have them now in the tiger mode on my desk and um the figure arts white ranger was like you know standing on top of it you know kind of i guess you know doing his rangery stuff or whatever so that's that's awesome thing number one and then um awesome thing number two and th this may be of interest especially to mike but i finally got my uh, right stuff anime order of blu-rays in the mail and what i had ordered was i guess they were having a sale at right stuff so i got the first episode of Gundam the Origin on sale so it wasn't like a hundred bucks it was like I don't know like 60 something bucks or whatever craziness <laughs> but I was like okay so it's on sale and then the, the main thing that I jumped all over was they are releasing Zeta Gundam on Blu-ray so I did buy part one of that and I you know I pre-ordered that or whatever you want to call it a long time ago during that I think it was like a Christmas sale or something like that and so it finally showed up um, today, because I guess maybe the, the, this is around the time frame where um, they're actually officially releasing Zeta Gundam on Blu-ray. So both those showed up in the mail. I did uh, plop in a disc for Zeta right away, and the picture looks really great and everything like that. Uh, I don't know that there's too many extras to speak of, at least on that first disc. It was just kind of like a clean opening and ending or something like that. But there may be some extras as I keep you know, plopping in the discs and everything. And then the other thing that I would just say is, it, it I guess it was that collector set version of Gundam The Origin. So I was kind of surprised how big the shipping box was. And I was kind of thinking, well, if this is from Right Stuff, this is just two Blu-rays, right? I was like, why is this so big? And it's like the case that the Gundam The Origin Blu-ray comes in, comes with a book, and then the size of the case is like, uh, almost like a record or laser disc case size. So it's like this huge kind of like, I don't know, you know, 12 by 12 case or something like that. You know, so it looks like oh. you've got a big record and everything and it's got the nice art and everything. And then, of course, when you take off the slip cover and open it up on the inside, then there's a Blu-ray and a book inside, which are about the size of a Blu-ray and a book. So it's I guess it's kind of wasted space. But I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of one of these like what is it like an art book? or? Yeah, it's like it's got a bunch of like penciled like drawings of like all the mech designs and things like that and stuff. So. I was like, you know, and it's all kind of, you know, it, it's almost like a little manga, but in black and white, but without, you know, it's not, it, it doesn't have much English in it. It's just kind of like designs and, and schematics and things like that, it looks like. So I just kind of, you know, I flipped you know, through that, but, I, you know, so it's like. You know, to love that, uh, Goth Felicity should have been like, you got the fucking Gundam Origin Blu-ray, like, K's shit, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
she she give me constant crap about why I spent that much money on like a, a, a <laughs> Blu-ray or whatever, you know. She's like, that's not what you expected. Jerry, you're not the same person. <laughs> you're not the same person. Not the same person as you were twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, you would have just ripped that off the internet for free, and you just paid <laughs> sixty bucks for it. You fool. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, but but I I was excited that I got those in the mail and everything like that, and and I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and that and of course cool. I think it's more it's more in terms of presentation than anything. It's like to make you feel better for spending as much money as you did on that Blu-ray. You know, it's like, Oh, wow, this is like super big. Like I bought something big, you know, like that's, that's kind of what it feels like to me. That sounds like a nerd, but like, if you had that, like the case on your coffee table and I was over at your house, I was like, Hey, you know, Hey Derek, what's up? Oh, you got like a cool gun book. And I opened it up and there was like a Blu-ray in there and a book. I, I, I really would be like, Oh, that's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's cool looking. It's neat. So yeah, those are those are basically my um, my awesome things for the week. Um, I, we hope you've enjoyed listening to our pontifications and musings on Deadpool, the Merc with a Mouth, and uh, you know, yeah. Hopefully, like by the time this comes out, or you know, we'll we'll be well on our way to either uh, seeing Deadpool, or maybe you're waiting in line to watch Deadpool or something when you're listening to this or whatever. But yeah, like hopefully that all turns out for the best, and we have a pretty fun movie to watch. And basically, you know, you can if you have any comments, questions, and or concerns. You know, you can email us at fanholspodcast at gmail.com. If you are Daniel Way, if you like Daniel Way and you want to send us complaints, <laughs> you can send us stuff there. You know, uh, we've got a Tumblr, a Twitter, uh, Stitcher Radio. Uh, we are on iTunes. We are on Facebook. Uh, again, we appreciate all the likes and everything on the social medias. We're on Twitter. You know, we, we're on Podbean, like all that kind of good stuff. So thanks for listening. Instagram. Uh, yeah, yeah, Instagram, Tumblr, like all, all those fun social media apps. And uh, yeah, and, and until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, not saying totes a may may ever again. Signing <laughs> off. Thank God. It's my chimichanga. <laughs> this is Tony. Deadpool like tacos first. <laughs> That's why they're all in the taco truck. likes pudding pops and b arthur well he does like b arthur he's always like b arthur that is true (laughs) thank you for being a friend (laughs) just stay a while let's go away a while the empire is closing now
in the first issue of Cable and Deadpool where he's like watching TV and it's like, and next up, like the, the winner of the sexiest woman on earth, like contest. And he's like, be, be Arthur. And then it's like, <laughs> it's like, and it's Misha Barton. And he's like, what? She's a twig. Like be Arthur. 